6: Greetings and happy Monday. Welcome inside the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. As tonight, as we navigate news in Major League Baseball, the National Football League, we'll have many times we reference Jay Buhner. We'll reference Hideki Arabu. (laughs) All part of our dedication of this show, Jerry Stiller, passing away earlier today at the age of 92. Incredibly long career, of course, best known to everybody in the world. As Frank Costanza from Seinfeld. Obviously he had a huge career before, Stiller and Mira, very big legendary comedy duo, but I mean he you know, he passes away today, but he has and he will continue to live forever on our televisions because he was just that funny. You know, I mean look at all the baseball stuff and the Yankees and you know how they brought them into Seinfeld was so great, but I'll tell you, Mike, there's very few people in the world that when you see them on screen, you immediately just want to laugh. There's 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 many funny people look like, Will Ferrell's incredibly funny. You can go down the list of funny people, but there's so few people that when I see them on screen, I want to laugh. And the the list is really short, and Jerry Stiller's at the top of that. Jerry Stiller as Frank Costanza, uh, Tony Shalhoub right now, and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Kevin Hart's another guy. He just walks on the screen, and I want to laugh. It's so rare to be able to have that comedic gift, and Jerry Stiller, even when he would have just a punchline that was just okay on Seinfeld, it sounded hilarious just because of the way he delivered it. He yelled. He was upset. I mean, he's one of those true guys that just one of the, immediately made you want to laugh when you saw him on screen. It was amazing.
9: Yeah, and I know you weren't a, the biggest fan of King of Queens, but that's another nine years as yeah. Arthur Spooner, which was mm-hmm. essentially... Uh, a muted version of Frank Costanza yeah. didn't yell as much, but more or less the same guy. Oh yeah! Uh, and in the show, he actually got to marry his late wife, uh, Miss Mira, who passed away in 2015. But I saw this news this morning, and and he hadn't been in public life in a while, and uh, but. You know, Seinfeld reruns are on all the time in the morning. That's part of my daily habit as I start reading stories to see what's uh, going to make the cut for the night and what we may have missed in those couple hours of golden slumber. Uh, you'd appreciate King of Queens There's at one point he wants to create a new screwdriver. And, you know, you got the regular, you got the Phillips, and he decided it was going to be the Arthur. So it was an A. <laughs> but he said you would need holes By which to fit (laughs) that letter. And it's a lot funnier, and and you know they can get away with it. I think I'd get blocked, and the uh, red plunger would come down if you put it no, out. No, I'll okay. put those together <laughs> for you, though. But but it's it's a funny scene. I mean, there were so many moments, and I know we we saw the the recaps. Julie Louise Dreyfus kind of talking about that outtake that was making the rounds once again. And what and the how hell, hell is that supposed lines. to mean? I mean, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I mean, how like, you forget lines today. and look up to the sky, mm-hmm. and and there'd be this dramatic pause, and you, you know, as a viewer, even now. And I know that line's coming. You're still inching forward waiting for the delivery. I mean, you know You've got uh, the serenity now episode that everybody quotes and certainly during
6: the coronavirus I think a lot of folks have been yelling that to their families (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you know he he you mentioned the King of Queens and that's actually one of my favorite memories of him that I remember is there was one episode where he had to give he's try, Kevin James was on the phone and he was like give me the number dad and I'll order <laughs> and he gave it to him with the one in front and it said when you have it number you go eight one eight five zero six seven five zero three and he goes all right dad what's the number he goes one eight one seven eight one six zero three and he hangs up the phone give me the number again I, that's what he, he goes one eight one one seven one four and he would just give like five numbers in a row and then four and it was just so stupid but it was so funny it was so you want it like that oh my goodness right, but that, of that was the simplicity of the, those yeah. characters
9: that they just shone through and it's everybody thinks of at least one person in their family mm-hmm. that has a bunch of either arthur spooner or franka stands in them uh for a, you know take the festivus and the poll and the airing of grievances. Tell me you haven't had a family member that wanted to do that in an event. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
6: Well, Zoe's before, friends he, have Before
9: that. or after yeah. that show existed.
6: Sure. Zoe's friends. There's friends that have the airing of the grievances every night. They come home and tell people who wronged them, this is what happened <laughs> at school today. This happened. <laughs> That's the airing of the grievances. But I will, I will throw this out there that his character got incredibly popular, even more popular. After the Jay Buhner episode, who was a very sure. you know, Jay Buhner who came up as a Yankee and then he was subject of a big trade to Seattle uh, for Ken Phelps, who was a big power hitter back in, in the 80s. It was a big trade when it happened and his popularity exploded after this bit on Seinfeld. Well, of course, remember that George Costanza wound up working for the Yankees. and Then you had George Steinbrenner, who was played by Larry David.
3: I can't believe it. He was so young. How could this have happened?
6: Well, he'd been logging some pretty heavy hours. First one in in the morning, last one to on leave at night. That kid was a human dynamo.
8: Are you sure you're talking about George?
4: You <laughs> well, Mr. and Mrs. Costanza. What the hell did you trade J.P. in for?
8: He had thirty <laughs> home runs and over one hundred
4: RBIs last year. He's got a rocket for an arm. You don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> Well,
6: Keener was a good prospect, no question about it. But my baseball people
10: love Ken Phelps' bat. They kept saying, Ken Phelps, Ken Phelps.
6: I mean, that's a such a random thing. Blood. <laughs> oh, my God. They think George is dead, and, and, he, and he says, how could you trade Jay a rocking for an arm? I mean, rocket for an arm's becomes become something people say all the time because of that. I mean, it was and, – and, you know, and that's part of Larry David that made it into his show now that he does such random things. One of his funniest bits from this past season was, uh, you know, uh, the Jets killed a guy, and it was a story about a, a, a random play in a Jets game from three years ago when Austin Safarian Jenkins wasn't inbound. And it, I'm like, oh my god! He turned a, he turned a, he turned this play into a, one of the best things of comedy you've seen. And you saw the bit of that that there with you. Know, who cares about Jay Buner and Ken Phelps? How many people get that joke? But it became legendary, you know. And then in the in the finale, when he says, "How could you pay twelve million dollars for Hideki Arabu? I mean, it's, it was like we got to have some kind of line there. And it was just it was just genius, as absolute genius. Ah, rest in peace, Jerry Stiller, ninety two years old, as Harmon would say. You know, you, when you're born that early, that's a good run, 92. Uh, Jerry Still will continue to play some of his best hits uh, coming up tonight. See if you can find that bit from King of Queens where he gives the phone number to Kevin <laughs> James like an idiot.
3: Affording. <laughs>
6: <It was> <laughs> how could you – what the hell did you trade Jay Buter for? His son, he thinks his son is dead. What did you trade Jay Buter for? First thing he would say to George Steinbrenner. Uh, oh, that's something my grandfather would say too. My grandson, he's dead. Uh, hey, what, what? how come you made that trade Juan Samuel? uh <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Why'd you trade away Dykstra, right? I mean, he was still part of the the, the Mets. I mean, you traded him to the Phillies. You gave him the World Series. My grandfather would say something like that.
9: See, that's why I now need to, you know, as we talk about this and I laugh, I go, you know, maybe I should find more humor in that funeral that I went to all those years ago where family was asking me for tickets. Mm. Oh, yeah! Immediately, sure. as I got off my knees from praying, so maybe mm-hmm. maybe there was some more humor to that than I let on, and you know that's, you know, a, <laughs> but... that's the That's a thing that
6: happens. What, somebody in uh, Pam's family died about seven or eight years ago. It was it was uh, her her um, it basically her her brother in law basically, and he his dad died and. The, he died the day before Michigan-Ohio State game, and somebody asked him for his tickets at the funeral on, See, on Friday. <laughs> so you're not uh, you're not using those tickets tomorrow. Right? I mean, you got stuff going on, right? I mean, I'm here at the calling hours. Can I... Uh, yeah, I can get them. Oh, great. Thanks. And he gave him the tickets. I said, what are you doing? You he goes, ah, what was I going to do? I wanted, I wanted it done. I was like, oh, okay, wow. So his dad's funeral said, hey, you're not going to use those tickets tomorrow. It's a big game tomorrow. I mean, it's one versus two. It's a really big deal.
9: Yeah, this was right after I left Yahoo to go to Fox. So oh, with the boy. Fox TV deal was a like, hey, you're kind of a big deal now. <laughs> you get Bears Packers tickets for us? <laughs> uh-huh.
6: Excuse me. I'm talking to the widow. Excuse me. Can I? I'll, I'll right. talk to you it's one of those kind of situations. Good God, man. <laughs> uh, Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, The Jason Smith Show with Mike Carmen live from the Geico Studios. Uh, meanwhile, the big baseball story today, speaking of baseball, is that the owners have approved their proposal to begin the baseball season in July and they're going to send it to the Players Association for their approval you know we heard this was coming at the end of last week hey baseball is getting close to this Jeff Passen had the story uh, that there is going to be this following scenario to return to play this summer the teams would go and, and begin spring training in about a month or so they would look to start the first week or so of July the exact date has not been hundred percent locked down yet uh, they would play about an 82-game season. There's still a lot of abouts in this, but these these are the, the, the details right now. It would be about an 82-game season. They would expand the playoff teams. There'd be two more wild cards per league and the designated hitter would would be universal so dh would be used in in the american league and in the national league now this has been met with so far a bit of resistance by the players but let's get to a couple of big things on this because now now we're seeing this is the first sport that's had a firm outline for returning of the big major team sports that hey this is our plan this is when we can do it and clearly you're going we're going in reverse order of sports with the least worry for social distancing you know with, with golf and nascar and ufc is just going to do it no matter what. So, I mean, I can't even count them. Uh, And then you have baseball, then the tougher sports are going to be hockey and NBA and and, and football. But the first thing is this, is that Think of how insane and fun this would be if this turns out to be the baseball season we get to see it. We have an 82 game season. We add playoff teams. We have the designated hitter in both leagues. And by the way, shout out Brody Van Wagonen for you know maybe now Robinson Cano will have a position in a year or so. Uh, so, but think, <laughs> think about all that doubling the wild cards. We'll remember this season forever. We'll remember this year. Like, Can you remember that it was so insane? They they added the wild cards and they put the DHs in and they played eighty games. And it was I mean, this would be incredible. And of of all the other years, this would be something we remember forever. This would be an awesome plan as long as it winds up happening.
9: No, I love it. I mean, obviously, it's going to go to the players. There's some. Fear and reticence that, you know, that maybe they, they don't agree. There's a lot having to do with money and the argument that a an effective salary cap comes in uh just want to make sure that everybody recognizes the salary floor that got put in for folks and the fact that teams that do spend get penalized so should we stop the luxury tax and saving the bottom end I don't know how that works right it's got to work both ways in this equation but the the fact is you got you got to look at where you're at the finances of the of the league and the players I mean I love all of these proposals you know me pitchers don't want to hit and I don't want to see it Anybody telling me how much it takes to manage a National League game, it's like the little blackjack card you buy when you get to go to Vegas. And you will get to go to Vegas soon, (laughs) right, 99 cents, and you can actually use it at the table to show you what you should be doing with your hand. That's what you have for National League managers. Don't tell me it's any harder than that. The only thing that, that, that's hard about it is managing the actual arms, not the strategy of when to make a move, okay? <laughs> so you have that. Uh, the extra playoffs, I mean, we're celebrating the NFL. We'd celebrate it here. And as we did on our special teams podcast, um, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your audio and, and you're binging and here's something for you, the good, the bad, the ugly in sports, we've done strikes, shortened seasons on the one of our late. Latest episodes—it's a big deal. There's there's an excitement that goes to it. The quirkiness, uh, the the insanity of that race that it's so condensed because we're used to just this long slog where maybe not a lot changes but that you're having that 162 well now every game takes on that much more importance and the managing of bullpens to that end so uh the the battle of the salary cap i I think it just you've got to get the union together right you got a lot of players and you have the big divide between guys like Kershaw, Cabrera, Mike Trout, and those that have gotten their mega millions and have gotten their cash. They paid their dues, no no, no doubt about that. But you've got mega cash and then the back end of rosters and for some of the other uh, – for some teams that don't have much in the way of high-salaried players. I mean, those guys are probably looking around, wondering how they're going to make sure – that things keep flowing just like a lot of Americans right now. So you're going to have a battle there. I'd love to be a fly on the wall of those conference calls. Well, look, most
6: of it most of it will be simple. As long as the players get a proposal in which safety is taken above and beyond, they'll say okay. Uh, the players will get time at home. They're going to play in their home cities, so they will get times at home. They will get times on the road. Obviously, long road trips won't happen as much because you're playing less of a season. So, And you're also away from your home less So I think that stuff will take care of itself. I'm not worried about that. I'm I'm pretty sure baseball could put together some kind of safe – Proposal for them to say, okay, safety we feel good about, but the money's going to be the big thing. Already, uh, the player association has rejected the first part of it because the the what the owners want to do, and there's a lot of inside baseball stuff. Is a lot of wait now. What's going on economic wise? Mm-hmm. Basically, it's this: the players are going to be asked to take less money than they've already agreed to, right? And anybody who works any place, you know, same thing here at iHeart and every every place that says, hey, listen, during the coronavirus, we need some people to take less money, and so we can keep things going, and maybe. Major League Baseball players agreed to that in March. Well, now yeah. the owners are asking the players, "Say, listen, we've had a lot less games than we thought. Now it's we're playing 80 games and not like 100 and 115. So can you take less money? And the players saying, no, we, we're sticking with that deal that we signed in March. So this is where it's going to get sticky. And, and I, I, I told you weeks ago, it's going to get to economics, right? It's the safety, it's the economics. Sure. The safety thing will be okay. But now it's about what are players going to accept uh, to be able to move on. And honestly, they're going to wind up being the ones who look bad because what what no one is going to they're going to see the owners as hey we're losing all this money we're hemorrhaging all this cash we're losing this we're losing this and public perception is what i'm saying about is the owner's going to say we're losing this we're losing this and the players are going to say no we don't want to take that much less money and the average person is going to say oh so instead of making seven million this year they're they're not okay with making six million and they're really upset at making four and a half million yeah my heart bleeds for them and they're not going to get public sentiment on their side people want to see baseball people want to see sports come back and if you look at both sides it's going to be hey the owners are saying here's the mo- here's the losses i'm incurring here's what you're not willing to take to make sure we get back out and play again and look there's going to be stuff inside that that it may not be exactly as it as it's presented but that's going to be the general opinion that people are going to see okay players won't take less money i have to take less money i was asked to take less money at my job i did they can't take less money they're not going to get any sympathy at all and i think that you're going to wind up seeing the owners if they get to it have to use that leverage against them because they're going to be the ones that fans are going to say oh the players won't take x amount of dollars off so now we're not seeing baseball
9: Well, yeah, I mean, we talk about transparency of books all the time, right, when you get to CBAs and stuff. And I think a reasonable approach to this is, look, the world's a lot different than when things were originally shut down 60 days ago. I mean, and when you're talking about optics, and you and I fight about optics and good, bad, and different, this is one when you just place it against the national unemployment rate right now. This is where, as a player, you're not going to look good. (laughs) <laughs> Whether you're the 30 million guy Or the 800,000 guy You're not going to look good uh, At this time with, with those numbers And eventually that gets played Now there's certainly the governor Here in California, Gavin Newsom uh, The power play, he said Hey, we won't do anything that's not consistent With state guidelines, that's what Newsom said About the conference press conference uh, Monday that he had, that he had spoken to the commissioner We look forward to it resuming But again, the question is when And The other thing is, you know, they got to go find Dana White. And I know he said he had people reach out to him. They got to go through. And and if there's transparency there and truthfulness of how it all came to pass over the weekend, the card was wildly entertaining, a lot of big hits and blows that I I enjoyed myself watching it. But if, if they've got full disclosure of how they were able to pull it off, then you have at least a starting point. It's not a blueprint for a team sport, but it's at least a starting point. Twitter at
6: How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. We'll have more on baseball coming up, but we got more NFL on the way as well. Controversy, drama surrounding Dak Prescott's contract. What is next for the NFL as they look into making return to play? Keep it right here. This is Fox.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
11: Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck you buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer, check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
6: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. How could you pay twelve million dollars for Hideki Irabu? <laughs> I mean, you got Hideki Arabu in. I mean, that's just. I mean, you, you're talking about one of the most one of the most beloved comedies of all time on the on the Mount Rushmore of comedies, and the two most famous lines involve Jay Buner, Ken Phelps, and Hideki Arabu. I mean that's I, I mean there's some kind of genius you drop the mic and walk away and that that was Jerry Stiller, Larry David, Jerry Seinfeld, man. That was I, I mean still well, Jay Buner. No no one knows no one remembers who the hell Jay Buner is, but he, but that was the biggest line Seinfeld had. Ah. Oh,
9: Jay Buner had himself a good run too. Ted felt he he big good... home runs, big power, yes. big strikeouts. Yes. Home run uh, at no bat ratio, that ratio. Yes. Yes, all the big But games. when you get down to it, I mean Larry David and, and Seinfeld, it's it's one of the, I think the underrated parts of that show is that it didn't have to be about Seinfeld, right? No, I mean, it, it, everybody right, exactly. else yes. shown in big ways from the bit players that came in as a nemesis to one of the main characters. But Jerry Stiller, I mean, he was there for half the series. Yeah. Right? They didn't bring him in no midway no. through, and then he became no. uh, an absolute legendary character. I feel like I should be wearing a Frankistanza
6: shirt or get a tattoo or something the hell is that supposed to mean uh <laughs> joining us now on the hotline you can follow him on twitter at jason lock for nfl insider for cbs sports radio host at 1057 the fan uh also don't forget if you have any lacrosse related content questions he will take them every wednesday at noon in his special lax mailbag it is jason Locken and what's happening jay
2: What's going on guys?
6: Uh, very good, very good. things are going well we're talking about Jerry Stiller and uh, the Seinfeld lines that uh, uh, everything involving baseball that winds up uh, having us uh, uh, continue to laugh about him in his career and his life.
2: yeah, I'm not a huge Seinfeld guy, but the stuff with Steinbrenner um, was always was always pretty funny, and you know Ben Stiller and Jerry Stiller how can you not, how can you not be fans of them?:
6: uh, it's a lot of It's a lot of talent. It's like the Jets too much talent in one building.
2: Too
6: yeah, much something like that <laughs> <laughs> wow 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 come on now
9: <laughs> that, that so, was pretty good so, considering they were going to bring in andy dalton
6: i mean yeah how much yeah. they trust sam Darnold, buddy that didn't happen that didn't happen <laughs> hey so hey, speaking <laughs> of andy dalton jay let's start here all this drama over dak prescott's contract and, and it's not signed and is it contentious is it not i mean you've told us for a long time listen Just cool, cool out. Everything's going to be okay. Dak Prescott's going to get his money. It's just going to take a little bit of time. You you still believe in that?
2: Yeah, but, I mean, he he may just want to play on the tag. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, he's in no rush. If they put something in front of him by July 15th that makes sense, great. If not, it's not like he's missing out on OTAs or going to get hurt at OTAs or any of that. There's nothing going on, um, you know, whatsoever in, in terms of actual football, and no one knows when there will be. Um I don't think he's pressed whatsoever, Um, nor nor should he be. And the the franchise thing worked out great for Kirk Cousins. If Jerry wants to make him an offer he can't refuse or hit that magic number at some point, great. If not, he plays for them at that number this year. He gets his automatic 20% raise. He has even more leverage in all likelihood the year after that. Hopefully we're not in a pandemic anymore at that point. Um, The NFL uh, would would be tapping into gambling money, would be tapping into new – Broadcast money um, would have some opportunities to have that cap start to really rise, and and then if you're Dak, that's that's only going to bring you up as well. So, you know, I I I don't see why there'd be any rush on his part.
9: Jason, the uh, social media was having some fun today once again. The report of Tom Brady and the disintegrating relationship with Josh McDaniels, uh, and he went on Instagram and he got all bold faced and started calling out quotes and everything else. Uh, does he protest too much?
2: Um, I, I mean, maybe a little. I, I, I don't. I mean, he was obviously ready for a change. I mean, we know that much, right? He, he was not. Um, all about being in New England anymore. How much of it was Josh McDaniels? Jeez, guys, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's really – it's that's Bill Belichick's deal there. You know, I, I think he probably had enough Bill Belichick. I think Bill Belichick was ready to go with a different model of quarterback, younger, cheaper, Um you know, they, they need more roster flexibility. This was just time to move on. Um, I don't think Josh McDaniels was a huge part of the equation one way or, or the other. At this point, I think it was more about their limitations on offense, and there's only so much Josh can do. There's only so much Tom can do when that's the cast that you're provided with. Um, you know, the strength of that team was defense, and even that slipped second half of the year. So, I mean, look, those guys were together for a long time, I mean, uh, a super long time, and, and a couple of different incarnations, and then eventually everybody's ready for change, and, you know, 20 years there, it, it, was, it had run its course, clearly.
6: Oh, yeah, there's, there's friends that I thought, we're going to be friends forever, and then, like, five years later, oh, yeah, no, I don't talk to them anymore.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, you know, how I, it works. I can't even remember everybody who was in my wedding party, to be honest. Like, the other day, I forgot. I literally I was like, wait a minute. who is who, who was my best man again? Get out of here, really? I swear to God, that's how <laughs> bad I am. So, like, I, I can't that. sit here You're and eat on this McDaniels Brady relationship, or, you know what I mean? Or say whatever, it could have gone longer, or sour grapes. I, I think those guys will remain friendly for a long time.
6: And hey, uh, just just really quick, if you were Jason Locken best man eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox, if you'd like to confront him now and say that he couldn't remember who well, your best there
2: man was, was a whole there was a, there was a thing. We don't have enough time to get into it, but oh. there was a.
6: I thought it was Bayhunt, it, right? It got uh,
2: political. The, no, was, well, what, yeah, was it was actually was Otto the Orange.
6: It was, <laughs> now that would have been really cool. The Orange yeah. just comes in holding the ring for your wife. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: He, he, he saved the day.
6: Uh. Hey, so uh, Odds for MVP came out today. Patrick Mahomes, the consensus favorite. Lamar Jackson right behind him. But, you know, the, the thing I look at, Jay, is like, what are the storylines going to be? Because that's really what winds up ge- grabbing our attention. Either someone starts out really big or just the storyline is too much for us to ignore. And, and the publicity they get starts that train going. And, you know, well, ab- obviously because of the talent level, you know, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson will be up there. But they have to have... As good a year as they've had last year, if not better. And, you know, that's hard to do when you have to keep topping yourself. Sure. You know, but I look at people like Brady and and Dak as well that can really be two people that just jump up and say, you know what, yeah, we, we, can, we can win MVP. We can do this here because clearly people are looking toward, even Kyler Murray I can look at and say, boy, if he has a phenomenal breakout year like Lamar did last year and suddenly Arizona's in the playoffs, I mean, those storylines that we're eager for, that's what's going to bring somebody the MVP because I find it's going to be hard for Mahomes and for Lamar Jackson to get up there. Hard for what Lamar to repeat and hard for Mahomes to win.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to repeat, period. Um, you know, that, that there's just so much that goes into it. Um, but I, I can understand why they're, they're among the favorites. You know, Tom Brady, I, I can certainly see that. I, I still think Carson Wentz, if he can put 16 games together, I, I really like the composition of that Eagles team. You know, I, I don't know that it's out of the realm of possibility. And for me, every year, Russell Wilson's a top three guy. He doesn't get the votes. The people who actually do the voting – you know, don't don't I don't think respect him like they should, but he's good for about ten wins a year. I don't know how many guys in the league you can say that about. He's truly, truly special, um, and 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 he does have a little bit more in terms of weapons uh, than in some past years. So I'll be really interested to see how that how that plays out um, in Seattle. But I, Russell Wilson, if I could, you know, lay some money on him, I don't think that's ever a bad proposition. I think at some point he'll get his due in terms of the actual voting process.
9: Going back to bat- last week, Jason, uh, we had the celebration Christmas morning uh, insert holiday here uh, of, of the release of the schedule. Anything that really struck struck you and uh, stood out in the way things got fixed together, or any team uh, that was unduly punished uh, or or got a, a gift?
2: No, I mean, look, a lot of it just comes down to who, the, the, which divisions match up with which. Um, you know the AFC North has some pretty decent teams in it Baltimore Pittsburgh they get um you know they they do get the AFC West and so that's the Chiefs but if you're in the case of Baltimore Kansas City comes to them week 3 um they match up with the NFC East I don't I don't even think Dallas is all that good their defense is still awful um so, you know, and the Redskins and the Giants stink, so that's a pretty good matchup for them. The Bengals are still rebuilding. Who knows about the Browns? So, you know, I just think there's some, some inherent sort of advantages there. You know, San Francisco doesn't have to travel as much as they normally would. They get the two New York teams out of the way pretty early. I like the second half of their schedule a lot. Um, I feel like the Saints, kind of week 12 on, hit a bit of a murderer's row stretch in their schedule. But when you win as many games as they did a year ago, that's going to be the case sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those were a few things that stood out. I don't see too many easy patches for the Jets. That, that thing, looked, yeah, uh, yeah. thing looked imposing. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> hey, you never know when they play them. Crazy things could happen any given Sunday or Thursday or Monday.
6: You can follow him on Twitter at Jason Lockett 4. that is at Jason Lockett for CBS Sports NFL insider extraordinaire. And with acute knowledge of his wedding party, his wedding day, everything goes <laughs> yeah, along with it. Sure. <laughs> Jay I'm is always. By- <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Talk to you. Thanks. Oh. Man, I can remember who his best man was. Oh my god. That can, was awesome. Wow. Come on, I, that was great. But don't you have that picture up in your house? You pass it by every no, day, right? If you're not married, so you have that picture up? Yeah. No. Wow. Who was who was my best man again? Who gave me the ring? How do you remember? Wow, that is oof. Well, whoever was whoever was that best man is is probably not gonna call him anymore. He's, he's just deleting Jason may, may, for Maybe, maybe he's book. long deleted. <laughs> hey,
9: so and depending speak. on when Jason got married, maybe you know he didn't have a cell phone. So maybe there was
6: never a number to be had. Uh, Coming up in 90 seconds, speaking of MVP, who the betting favorite should be for most valuable player. But
3: first, be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
12: sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Fox Sports
6: Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. And uh, a lot of big NFL news today. Thanks to Jason Luck at 4 for stopping by with us. Uh, Monday Night Football is going to look a lot different when it comes back to your television and our televisions whenever uh, the football season resumes as ESPN make another change to their Monday Night Booth. Out are Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarland in Steve Levy play-by-play. Uh, Dan Orlovsky, potentially Lewis Riddick. Uh, they're still figuring out their analyst part of it. But uh, here's ESPN again making a change after, well, let's face it, they kind of had to because there's no way Joe Tessator and Booger McFarland were ever going to be anything other than, oh, my goodness, here's how bad these guys are. And suddenly, instead of the, the results of the Monday night game trending on Twitter, it's Booger and Joe and he sucks and all that. So they kind Kind of had to make a move. I yeah, you know, they they kind of were.
9: Didn't, I don't think they knew yeah. what to do with Booger. Well, the it, it, they, they were a fine. Gay, yeah, they college were fine. guy. I mean, they're 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 fine. Yeah, no, right. they,
6: look, they, they're like, if, if they did a game that was, you know, Cardinals 49ers at, at, at 4 o'clock on a Sunday, nobody would say anything. But on Monday Night Football, you're in for mm-hmm. a pretty, you know, rude awakening if you're not someone that can capture people's attention. And, it's, you know, it, it's, it's hard. It's, 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 a, it's a big thing to worry about because, you know, if, if you're not someone who can grab people or at least be polarizing, if you're just someone that people just don't like the broadcast, and it's like, oh, and, and Booger was his own worst enemy at times last year, I I mean, the Minneapolis miracle didn't go the way of the Minnesota yeah, Vikings. I mean, wow. oh, my goodness. You know, it's, it's really hard to do. But look, ESPN's about – they're about having star power and promoting it and then not having it, like saving money. And then it's – now they're going to – eventually they're going to get out of the cycle. They're going to spend money on star talent. Then they're going to realize we don't need to spend money on star talent. The product is going to be it, and just what ESPN does. And right now they're in their mode of, hey, let's try to find in-house here our best you know people that can do the games. And, you know, I was really excited, quite honestly, for Steve Levy because I, I worked with him for a few years there when I was production assistant and associate producer when I was behind the scenes. And he was always a really nice guy, always a really nice guy. And I have the best Steve Levy story. You ready for this? This is, this, this is Steve. This, this is a great story. So it, this is back in like 1995, 1996. All of us go out to a bar. Uh, after uh, a show one night. There's a whole bunch of us around. There's like 25 of us right after we do a show. And like some of us are sitting down at a table, some of us are at the bar, and Levy's at the bar, you know, just having a drink with a couple other people and so our bill comes there's like 10 of us and we're all production assistants we're all making no money and you know steve's there and, and uh somebody at the table wasn't me wasn't my idea somebody else <laughs> i mean i went along with it uh says hey oh yeah you know what yeah this bill um our friend's gonna pay it over there he to, to bring, and then all of a sudden we all go yeah 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 and we point to levy and levy's standing there talking so the waiter says oh Okay, I said yeah. If not, just bring it back. Okay, great. He walks over, and you can see the waiter saying, "Hey, the people over there said you were going to take care of their bill uh, uh, for dinner." And Steve gets over, looks over at us, pulls out his wallet, gives the waiter his credit card, and walks away. Waiter walks away. We're like he's not really paying for this, is he? Oh my God. So we go over he goes, Steve, what are you doing? And he goes, Oh no, no, no. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's my pleasure. I like, I said, Steve goes, listen, you guys work hard behind the scenes. I, I can do this, you know, for you. I was like, Oh, but that's a lot of money. It's like, it's like 250 bucks. You know I mean? Granted? Yes. He was mm-hmm. on camera, make a lot of money, but still it's like 250 bucks. And so uh, I said, well, I said to him, I said, yeah, but Steve, you don't have to do this. He goes, well, you know what I like to call this? And I said, wait, I like to call this uh, a blank protection. And I'm like, Okay, what what is a blank protection? He goes, you know, just in case I'm at work one day and I do something and you guys don't like it for whatever reason, uh, you know, you think about, you'll think about this moment that, that I bought dinner and you won't call me any names. And I was like, oh, okay, so he called it a blank protection. And that was his thing. And you know what? I'll tell you the truth. Never had to worry about using it. He was always really nice to everybody at work, was a great dude to work with, never had to use it. But I was like, huh. So he just bought, you know, he spent 250 bucks and he just bought the loyalty of like 12 or 15 people who are now like, oh, Steve's the best. Steve, 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 Steve. It was genius. It was a genius thing to do. It was also no, it's nice a good move. Do.
9: You, you do yeah. that a couple of times and you buy yourself also, you know, people look in every business. People know where the bodies are buried. Yes. yes. Buy people enough meals that yep. probably give you the benefit of the doubt because they know that gravy train would stop if
6: they screw you over. Twitter at how about a fresca Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon. We are live from the Geico studios Uh, coming up next. Maybe you hear a little bit about Hideki Arabu, but also we'll react to the last dance. Something happened in a big way on Sunday night. We got to get to that's next here on Fox.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
6: Fox Sports Radio, welcome inside Hour 2 of the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. And, you know, doing the show from home, as, as we've been the past few weeks, it's been a little bit of an adjustment, you know, but it's been a good one. I don't, Not having to leave early for work has been fun. Being able to walk outside for a couple minutes and talk to my, my wife and daughter has been fun. So, you know, we finished a few minutes ago, and Steve Desager is getting ready to do trending, and I walk outside, and what do I see? I see my daughter, who's 11, dancing to old town road and my wife standing right across from her mirroring all her dance moves so i walk over and i go what's going on neither of them say anything i said what are you guys doing nothing don't get nothing i'm like what what i I like did did, is this one of those movies where like you know you walk in close the door you walk outside and you, you know you can't be seen anymore you know, it's, it's like uh, yesterday, the, the, uh, the, the, suddenly, you know, uh, lightning strikes and the, no one knows who the Beatles are anymore, right? So i got to go, what, what's, what's going on? i not saying anything. And so luckily, Old Town Road is only like a two-and-a-half-minute song. Finally, at the end, I go, what was going on? <laughs> and my daughter says it was an assignment for her uh, class at school, for her drama class, where she had to dance and somebody else had to mirror her dance moves because the, he, the, the uh, drama instructor wanted to show about how important it is for a person you're dancing. With to see what the other person doing, reacting off them, and I'm like, "But why couldn't you say anything when I was asking? I was standing here. I was asked like five times. What are you doing? What are you doing?" <laughs> She's like, "Oh, we were, we were just into it and doing it." And I'm going, "Oh my god!" And for wow. a second, I thought, "I'm really not here. I'm gonna walk over and put my hand through them, and it's my hands gonna go through them like when Kylo Ren put his lightsaber through Luke Skywalker. He wasn't there at the end of Last Jedi. <laughs> I'm gonna go, but I'm not here. Spoiler I'm, alert. I'm not real. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Well, it is. It is two movies ago now. I mean, it is. is two well, movies Well, yeah. Ago.
9: I you know I, I was thinking there where they were either getting you into a TikTok video without your express written consent. Oh, yeah. So there was a problem going on there. Mm -hmm. I mean, so maybe there was something going on there. The other was just to see how quickly you would go, you know, Arthur Spooner or uh, Frank Costanza,
6: <laughs> and potentially the blow hell up. What going on here? I was trying I to decide know what's which going character
9: on. went first. Yeah, <laughs> where all of a sudden you just start screaming and, and going going to town on him.
6: A man goes into his office. When he emerges, no one can see him anymore, and his family is acting crazy. Is Jason Smith for real? Or is he the one in the Twilight Zone? So, I mean, that's kind of what I felt like
9: bing, for a second.
6: Although, I got to say, like, that would be kind of cool. If for, not, not for a long time, though. But, like, for a time where if I could just walk around and nobody would know I was there. I mean, I don't know where I would go. I mean, when I was younger, I'd, I'd go over a girl's house and I know. No, I mean, but I don't know. I'd just walk no, around They did that. Go. It was a Kevin Bacon movie, and it got really creepy. Oh, that was the Hollow Man, right? With uh, yeah, Elizabeth Hollow Man. Yeah, yeah. And, you yeah, know yeah, there yeah, was a yeah. sequel to that too. Uh, the Hollower Man. Really hollow.
9: Yeah, well, it was a hollow man, too. No bacon. <laughs> hollow no, man, uh, too.
6: Hollow. No, that was what it was. <laughs>
9: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that's no worse a title than electric boogaloo. <laughs>
10: hollow man, huh. too.
6: Hollow. Hollow in the streets. <laughs> uh, so just a bit of craziness of what's going on with my life here at, you know, eight o'clock at night when, you know, nobody's getting ready for bed. Uh, so. We got more NFL coming up this hour. Going to continue to remember the life of Jerry Stiller, who passed away earlier today at the age of 92. But uh, every week it happens now. We're at episodes seven and eight of The Last Dance. And with no live sporting events, this has taken over a huge content void in everybody's life. We watch it on Sunday, we talk about it throughout the week and it's not just a Monday storyline. We watch Last Dance and uh, everybody who is interviewed and people who are main topics that week become stories for the rest of the week. Old feuds come up and suddenly on Friday you find yourself still talking about the episodes that aired 5 days ago. It's amazing. It's a it, it's a huge thing and it uh, I'm surprised at just the level of out of control interest this has garnered because let's face it if if this was airing while we had live sports while the nba was playing in the playoffs it would be oh and this was interesting and it would be you know we talk about it for maybe two minutes oh that was interesting how about how this happened now everybody hates jo- jordy always says he looks like a jerk oh yeah and then we're talking about something else so i mean being able to cut through here is, is mainly because of that, because even though it's, as good as it is, entertaining as it is now, you know, I have my issues with it as a documentary because it's really Michael Jordan bringing you his life story disguised as, oh, it's the last dance. Uh, you know, it still is something that has got, gotten been even bigger than I thought it was going to be, because I thought by now interest level would wane a little bit. And you would see but that still you know, a five the, the big one rating, I think. Yeah. 5.1 million people. It's it's still it's still a really big deal, you know. It it, it hasn't fallen off enough to make like, like a movie that makes thirty million dollars opening weekend. Oh, what a good opening week. And Then second weekend, uh, uh, four million. Oh boy, that's a bomb. That's going to be out of theaters in three days. No, I mean everything falls off, but it's not fallen off har- hardly at all. Just a little bit, mm-hmm. and you know, so being able to keep the public conversation going here is is pretty interesting. Um, but the, the first thing to get to coming off uh, the last two episodes, in which you dealt with many things Michael Jordan's baseball career, uh, when he retired, the death of his father. Uh, we're starting to see the oh, Michael Jordan was a jerk to his teammates storyline play out even more. We got the hint of it and the tease of it in the first episode uh, when he was really hard on Scottie Burrell, rookie player out of UConn uh, with the Bulls team, and Michael Jordan was forever unkind to his teammates in the guise of, I need to spur you on so we can win championships. Now, when this first started, Jordan said, oh, this is going to come out, you're not going to like me. You're not going to like me. And, you know, I, I've told you from the beginning, Jordan's a calculated guy. There's no risk of this airing and people coming away from it saying, I don't like Michael Jordan. That's just not – he's not going to put his reputation on the line for that. It, it, it's one of those, oh, uh, it's like a foe, you're not going to like me. It's going to be, oh, you're not going to like me, but, boy, you're going to respect the hell out of the stories and why I had to be the way I was. And that's really what's happening right now. I mean, all these, these people that say, yeah, Jordan, What, what will Purdue call him a blank hole and all these things? Uh, he was a jerk. He was this. His other teammates saying, yes, he was hard on people in practice. And Phil Jackson had to tell Michael Jordan, you got to calm down and back off a little bit because you still need to lead these players. And and his whole guise was that I wanted to win. And I knew what these players needed to do if we were going to win that way. And while the players who were interviewed for this, whether it's Will Perdue or B.J. Armstrong, anybody else, you know, they say, oh, yeah, Michael was a jerk. He was this, this. But he was a great teammate. We were able to win. So he's not coming out of this not liking him if anything it's going to be boy yeah i don't know that i would treat teammates like that but how can you argue with him he won and he's the guy that he needs to do that because let's face it in sports now players like the lifestyle more than they like winning and winning is great but are they consumed with it no there's very few of them that are which is why those few capture our attention guys like kobe guys like lebron where winning is their ultimate legacy and michael jordan was that guy throughout the entire 1990s and now we're just getting a reminder of that so it's it's kind of a safe criticism where yeah was he a jerk yeah but he kind of had to be because look at the results and he won so it's, it's not like he's really putting his reputation on the line at all it's just here's a story and yes it doesn't make him look great but people are going to immediately forgive him because they won and his teammates forgive him it's the old i hate you but i respect you
9: kind of thing because you you can hate he's hateable in a lot of these these things right he just looks petty and we knew that from the hall of fame induction speech going on down i mean there, there's leaving no doubt uh, the way he belittles folks uh, and and talks to teammates and certainly those opponents with their their fake uh, beefs. To try to inspire him as they roll through, right? The B.J. Armstrong or the Nick Anderson. Yeah, then I War twenty three, and it was all washed over and away. I went uh, as you go. Uh, no love for Scotty Pippen that that we have in there uh, from last
6: night. Well, that's the other uh, thing the, too. These all these other people are winding up looking bad. You know, look, no, Thomas it. looks well, bad. Like, look, Scotty Scott, Pippen Scottie, looks bad. Not, Everybody looks bad. Yeah, but Scotty,
9: you're not redeeming him between holding off on his. Surgery and 1.8 seconds. There's no redeeming those two things, no matter how great he was for everything else.
6: Not at all. Not at all. You can't. I I completely
9: agree. But they take the baseball bat to him like it's Office Space and that PC load letter error. (laughs) You know where you might as well have the rap music playing in the background, slow mo montage as people kick and punch and. And take a baseball bat to Scotty Pippen and the attempts at, quote, leadership uh, along the way. A uh, couple other quick notes, and, and I put these up on Twitter earlier. Uh, we had a very brief appearance by Corliss Williamson mm-hmm. uh, as he was part of the Space Jam uh, five-on-five game. So that was kind of cool. Uh, and then Chris Mullen looked like Lex Luthor because he didn't have any hair.
6: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, very good. Very good. He was ball, Look, like, yes, yeah. part part of it is part of the fun is is looking at uh, and wondering who's going to show up this week for some kind well, of crazy right. way. Who's going to show up? Who am I going to get there? Oh, we got big nasty. Oh, wow. Well, right, who slighted cool. him now was yeah. really the, <laughs> is really the theme of each episode, right? <laughs> Uh, you yeah, you never with? know what I mean, names are going to come up questions. You have no idea. Oh, George Carl is a guy that slighted him in this. Oh, it's George Carl shows up for this story. Hey, it's, it's just in, this is why they have over 100 people interviewed for it, because, hey, this is a guy who slighted him. This is a guy he had beef with. And again, is anybody coming off of this hating Michael Jordan? No. Nobody is. And you're, you're, you're hating the other people, right? You're Isaiah, Scottie Pippen, Jerry Krause. These are all – every episode, there's a villain, right? That's one thing. Every episode there – so there's no, boy, Michael was a jerk, was X, Y, and Z. No, no, no. They made sure that, oh, this episode where Michael Jordan is criticized, well, what do we feature more? Scottie Pippen. And all the things that Scotty did, how can that, I mean it's 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 a genius way to look. Begin this again. This is why I say you're getting a Michael Jordan biography with this with the storyline controlled by him, and that's what we're getting. And it's entertaining and it's fun. But remember, we're getting Michael Jordan's version of his career and what happened with last cut power, with uh, with final cut power, uh, watching the episodes, giving notes before they are all of those things. We're getting that from, But now you're starting to see that things are crafted a little bit uh, w- w- with with a bit of an edge to it or a bit of a, a a way to, to get out the real and, and fetter out the real purpose of this episode where, Hey, you think Jordan's bad, but he wasn't really that bad. And boy, this guy was worse, you know? So you're yeah, kind I of mean, getting all to, of those things from him.
9: Yeah. And not, not to be a, a jerk to the, to the younger folks that are watching this and being all upset uh, because they want to make sure they can prop up LeBron during this process or all the other journalists and broadcasters that you know what? Go find all of the, the contemporaries of Michael Jordan, and interview them, and let them see how honest they want to be about how they felt about the period. Because even Isaiah upset now, but he backtracks and he and he goes in deferential mode very quickly to Jordan and and that whole era. Right? It, it's quick. The only guy that still is has his stiff upper lip and is is reticent uh, to give any love is Bill Lambeer. Right. Stockton didn't participate. Go find me any time Stockton's interviewed in general. Right. He's a guy that just doesn't talk. So it's no surprise that beyond the puff piece line that he didn't get in in line with this, because the other thing is they said they shot hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage right for that last year. Yet we've probably spent 88 percent of the time. Uh, Rough estimate by my count Uh, Mm -hmm. in past years where you had readily available footage and interviews and everything else. But, you know, if you want to get the granted like people were mad, hey, about the gambling. Well, they denied it. What's he going to say? You know what? Hey, after all these years, boy, have I got a story for you or the late David Stern before he passed away, sitting down for these interviews. Because, you know, this has always bothered me. Let me let me talk to you about how this all came to pass and this big, long plan of those 18 months. No. So for conspiracy theorists, go find it beyond just saying, well, it doesn't make sense. You know what? A lot of things in life don't make sense. And you can not buy it. You can not buy anybody's story. But they're sticking to it. And nobody's come out with a smoking gun uh,
6: to to dissolve any of those, any of their stories. Twitter at How About a Fresca? Mike at Swollen Dome. The Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Uh, don't forget, get your free credit scorecard today. Even if you're not a Discover customer, it includes your FICO credit score. And checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discovercom slash credit scorecard. That's discover.com/slash/credit_scorecard. At limitations, they do apply. Uh, we'll have more in the Last Dance coming up later on this hour. Because you know the the part that got into the death of his father, and more and 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 more shockingly the the details surrounding his jump to baseball uh, merit a closer look because I'll tell you, I, I, I was working at ESPN when, when this happened, we covered this story every day. And, and when Jordan went to go play baseball, it was, are are, we, are we kidding? He's really going to play baseball. It was every day. It was Jordan baseball, Jordan baseball. So we got a lot of that to get to coming up this hour as well, but coming up next with the NFL MVP odds out and Hey, you want to bet on Patrick Mahomes? Well, he's the odds-on favorite. Lamar Jackson right behind him. You want a guy that could come out of nowhere and win the MVP? I'm going to outline a guy for you. It's not going to be Sam Darnold, don't worry. Or is it? I'm going to outline a guy for you where I can see it <laughs> happening. He's got to play really well, but I can see it happening, and you're going to go, no, no, no. Oh, maybe. we got that coming up next. Keep it right here, Fox Sports Radio.
12: I'm you give $12 million to Hideki and Robo <laughs>
3: Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
1: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the
2: procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness.
1: He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? more confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash impact.
4: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City
12: Sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
6: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. We are live from the Geico Studios. Thanks for spending some time tonight here with us. And uh, Today we watch the NFL MVP odds get released. The odds-on favorite, of course, is Patrick Mahomes, coming off the Super Bowl. Of course, he's there. Lamar Jackson, right behind him, last year's MVP, and then you see some other names around the top that might not make sense in the beginning, but you know, as you can see, there, you know, the, these are guys that you can see why uh, they're up there and rated so high. Dak Prescott is right behind Lamar Jackson. Well, why is that? Look, I told you last hour, Dak Prescott has the storyline. He's got the attention. The Cowboys should run roughshod over the NFC East this year. Uh, this is Dak Prescott's year. His contract is a daily topic of conversation. Uh, this should be it. This clearly is an avenue for Dak Prescott to be an MVP. Russell Wilson, he's in the top three every year. He is up there. Also Kyler Murray, not too far back, 16-1. Mm-hmm. to one. Hey, because we just watched Lamar Jackson have a breakthrough year in his second year. Kyler Murray could be that guy, especially now with DeAndre Hopkins and Arizona could suddenly be players in the NFC West. We want to make sure that hey, we don't have the odds to too, too, uh, uh, low on Kyler Murray because we could wind up uh, costing ourselves a pretty penny. So you can see why all these names are up there. Tom Brady, of course, he's also at 16 to 1. All the attention in the world on Tom Brady. He starts out like Peyton Manning in Denver his first year. And yet yeah, Brady could run to an MVP award and say, blank you, Belichick, as he sticks the MVP award in Belichick's face. But there's a couple other names on here. Uh, I'll tell you, one guy I normally would be high on and one guy who could come out of nowhere and I could see it happening. Now, again, this is coming out of nowhere. This is Dark Horse Canada. This is low odds. But if you want to make some money and put your low odds on somebody. Uh, But the first guy I would be really high on if I didn't think his team was going to stink. Sam Darn. If I didn't think his team was going to (laughs) stink, I would say this could be Deshaun Watson's year for MVP. But they've just lost so much in Houston, and Bill O'Brien's going to get fired, and, and all the weapons are gone. I can't that schedules see miserable. Yeah, and I, yeah I mean, their schedule starts out hard and gets harder. You know they'll get out of the first seven weeks one and six. You know I mean so clearly if Deshaun Watson has him with a with a good record, but I don't see it happening. If I thought they would win more games, I would say this is Deshaun Watson's year. He you know he, he's shown us how good he is, but this could be my I'm putting it all together year. But I just don't see Houston being any good, and so it's, it's no, hard. But it's, it's hard if, if he, you're not going to be good. I can't have you an MVP. No, but that's the big point though is that can they put up big points with
9: Brandon Cooks in and out of the lineup? randall cobb and insert other receiving weapons here david johnson is coming off this reclamation project i mean would be the kind way to say it i i always loved his game but i don't know that physically he can get back to his old form this would be the offense in theory where that can happen but you know just in terms of watson putting up huge numbers i can't be even bullish about that because i don't know if they're gonna be able to make that connection with those receivers Right? I mean, Randall Cobb, okay, he's going to catch eight yards a pop. Occasionally, every once in a while, he's going to break one. The rest of those guys, they can't
6: stay healthy. He can't stay on the field, Will Fuller and the rest of them. No, it's, it's too – to just look, if, if he still had DeAndre Hopkins, I would say, well, he'll still find a way he'll find a way to make it happen but i just i just can't see it i can't see them winning enough games i mean look bill o'brien you know he's circling the drain in houston after he's trading away all the talent that he has uh, just like chip kelly did in philadelphia and what's going to happen to to Bill O'Brien's what happened to Chip Kelly. Eventually he's gonna get fired and he's gonna be a guy nobody wants to hire because not only is he coming off this job with a bad reputation, it's gonna be boy, he can't get along with anybody either. So that's gonna that that's what I don't see. I wish I could. I, I I'd love to because Deshaun Watts, you know how much I like the kid. I I begged the Jets to draft him. I begged them, and he's gone through some controversy the past couple of days with whether or not the Bears talked to him or not, or anything. But right. he is a phenomenal player, and I, I just I just wish I, I had the confidence his team was gonna be better better. better i really do it's
9: always that question of the poker game being played watson either the fourth or fifth favorite depending on where you're looking and shopping as always it's going to vary from property to property so if you don't like what you find on one book keep moving keep moving between fox bet and the other the other apps out there you know you might be able to find and and price yourself into a a market that gives you a little bit more uh more favorable odds and opportunity for your cash uh a guy that i'm looking at uh jimmy garoppolo sitting at 30 to one look at jimmy g jimmy g at 30 30 to one i mean as the what 12th or 14th quarterback depending on where you're looking i mean that offense can only get better one would think with another year of him at the helm, Debo Samuel look like he's a player uh, as a speed guy on the outside. So, uh, opportun- and, of course, everybody celebrates George Kittle, who sooner or later is following Rob Gronkowski into the 24-7 uh, title. But, yeah, I mean, Garoppolo is a guy I think is really intriguing if this team can perform.
6: You know, the thing about Garoppolo is that they went to the Super Bowl last year. He played pretty well. He's not going to be somebody that suddenly throws 40 touchdowns. If you're going to win as a quarterback, you have to really grab – the hold of the team and be the and be the head of that snake and be the one that's leading and Garoppolo, hey, look, he was good last year. You know, he he showed a couple of times when hey, we can win games if I don't I don't have to win every week. He's not that kind of quarterback. He was overvalued, but hey, can I win a game once in a while? Sure, I can do. that. I could throw for four touchdowns uh, once every 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 few weeks if you need me to do that. But I I just don't see him going with the numbers because he's got to throw. Like I said, you got to get up to 35, 40 touchdowns, and I don't think number one the Niners are going to throw the football that much. And two, it's going to be—is he going to get all the credit? Because what what can the Niners do this year in the regular season they didn't do last year? I mean, they, they you well saw he got no credit. In the regular season was the year. point, right? But still, right? It's, so let, maybe he say, gets
9: more of a look. I mean, look at his numbers last year: sixty-nine percent completion rate. Uh, he was twenty-two yards short of 4, 000, 27 and thirteen. All right, the interceptions uh, raised the eyebrow, but twenty-seven touchdown passes you know we're we're not seeing a ton of the the Patrick Mahomes 50 touchdown seasons right Well, you got to go 35 you got
6: you got to go 35 and throw for you know 45 4800 yards I mean, it's got to be a lot of touchdowns. It's got to be low interceptions. It's got to be a high number of yards. It doesn't need to be the hey Matthew Stafford threw the ball 850 times and threw for 5,200 yards. It doesn't need to be that. But you need you need you need some kind of numbers to pop out and be hey this week was three touchdowns. This week was four touchdowns. Look what Lamar Jackson did the the last uh, seven weeks of last year. He threw for 24 touchdowns the last seven weeks. It's oh my goodness, look at this guy. So it's it's one of those where I I can see Jimmy getting more credit this year. But is he going to have that big a year is going to throw that many more touchdowns? And are the Niners going to be that much better in the regular season? Because still the defense is going to get credit. The running game is going to get credit. Sure. I, I don't know. I, I, I'd, I'd like to see it be interesting, but I just don't know that, that other than suddenly Kyle Shannon throwing the playbook out saying this is what we're going to do. But he's one of those offensive coordinators, one of those head coaches that knows, hey, I'm going to call the plays with the personnel that I have, the, the offense I want to run, he's not going to be like all the other guys now that say, well, if I'm not throwing the football over the field, I don't look like a genius, Adam Gase. And so I'm going to change my <laughs> way I'm coaching to <laughs> doing that. I, I don't see that happening. That,
9: it's tough. Always I another mean, it's tough, opportunity tough. to create another face for the NFL. Yeah. and I mean, chiseled face, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Brady's getting older, so while he's not the – guy backing him up in new england anymore always tied so you know you got a sales job you can do with him out there for certain and remember whenever we start looking at the fantasy realm what do we get a lot of empty stats that's the other thing with jimmy garoppolo there's wins attached
6: i'm gonna give you a guy coming up in 90 seconds that oh, yeah. you're going to go, whoa, and I'm going to say it's got everything he needs. Now, the biggest but thing Sam is – Sam Darnold I'm hanging up. He's got to go out and dominate. <laughs> but he's well, got everything know, he that. needs. And it's Sam – no, it's not Sam. Trust me, it's not Sam Darnold. I'm not going to say <laughs> Sam Darnold. Promise you it's not going to be Sam Darnold. I promise you. It's going to be Jay Buhner. No, it's not Sam Darnold. It's coming up Jay at night.
3: Jay But first – Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let me give you a guy, Mike Harmon,
6: NFL envy Mm -hmm. again. Now, this is a long I'm not saying he's going. This is he is a long shot. And if you want to put money down on somebody that who could absolutely come out of nowhere and impress, like I say, you got to have certain things. You got to have publicity going in. You have to have storyline. You have to have opportunity to succeed. He signed his rookie contract today. He's got the number one selling jersey in the NFL. Wow. Tua Tunga Viola, I'm telling you, Tua can win the MVP. If again, he's the long shot candidate, but he's got what he needs. Number one, he's got all the notoriety coming in. Of all the players coming in, Tua's got the guy. Tua, obviously, Tua is the most popular rookie coming in. As much as, hey, Joe Burrow, we're training Joe Burrow. Yeah, that's great. You're at Cincinnati. You have Miami, which is a big hub in the National Football League. You have Tua, who is going to come in and win the job right away. I told you how good I think he is and how good he's going to be as long as he is healthy. He starts out, his first game is against the Patriots. Right? Now, this is a bad AFC East. The Patriots are taking a step back. The Bills by default are the leaders, should be the preseason leaders. The Jets are going to be a little bit better, but their schedule is so daunting. The Dolphins got a lot better. And their schedule, while it's the same as everybody else in the AFC East, it affords them a chance in not a great division to get out, win games, and build momentum and build some confidence early. You know they're going to throw the football. And anything Tua does is gonna be front page news. He opens up with a win over New England in the first non Tom Brady game and Tua throws three touchdowns and the and the Miami Dolphins win to you know twenty seven to fourteen. Suddenly, two is going to be the guy anybody is talking. He's the only story the next day. He's the only. What, what's two are going to be this week and this week and this week. And while the schedule is tough, it gives him an opportunity to play some high profile games until he can settle into the middle of the schedule where you get the Jets a couple of times, you play the Bills a couple of times, and the schedule lightens up for you. I mean, this is what did it for Lamar Jackson last year. As great as he had a had a great start last year, throwing five touchdowns a week. Won. Oh, by the way, against the Miami Dolphins, um, it was the last seven weeks of the season when he really started to pour it on where there was nobody else you could you, you could vote for All right middle of the season he was sitting around at twelve touchdowns and it was oh, lamar Jackson, he's a great weapon and Baltimore's winning, but now okay well let's see he, you know he just threw for twenty four in the final seven weeks he's averaging three touchdowns a week for the past for the last two months of the year he 's going to get it that time is there for Tua to step in get comfortable and start making throws and because he's going to throw the football all the time he'll have a chance to get upwards in the top 20s into the 30s for touchdowns if Miami can dethrone the Patriots and win the AFC East because clearly that division is really really weak I can see Tua getting a lot of votes I can see Tua being that guy I'm telling you again it's dark horse and it's it's a lot of things have to go right but he's got the storyline he's got the opportunity he's got the talent he's on a team that's looking up and not tanking I I you know two would be a guy like okay if you want to put a few uh ducats on him yeah all right, Tua might be my guy okay.
9: Look at you! Look at that, put huh? Put a couple of a couple of bucks there. Two hundred to one right now, buddy. Yeah, how about Because remember, Ryan Fitzpatrick is there and probably starts the season. Yeah, they they're not t- going to risk two, up, uh, two, two a few, after a weird off season. Uh, I'm going to go in the long shot with you. Why don't I go down the, down that rabbit hole with you? You you're not a huge Drew Locke guy. I am. Oh, and I wow. like that offense that they've assembled: Courtland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. Uh, and then Noah Fant coming on. Offensive line, they've bolstered it a bit this off season. That's a team that could put up some numbers and could make some noise. Mm, look at
6: you, Drew Locke going all in Denver. Hundred to one, I'll take my shot there. I at they least know he's starting you. week one. They love you. They love you in Denver, Drew Locke. I think right
9: As now they Denver, should. I, I celebrate his entire catalog. I think the guy's a player.
6: I think right now you have Denver play going, whoa, Drew Locke, really? Oh, Drew Locke, Drew Locke, Drew Locke. I like that. Although my bet would make, make you more money, though. Mine's I'm 200 Wow. You're just 100 Well, sure. To one. Sure. That just
9: means mine's probably a little safer.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yes, but, but this is not about being safe. This
9: is about being being out there. Who can come out of nowhere no, and it, do it? It's, it's still 100 to 1. You nut job. Look, uh, as soon as Vegas allows us to drive across state lines and California will let us pass the border and I can go and slap my money down, uh, it's, it's time for a Thelma and Louise road trip to Vegas, buddy. And we will lay down those bets
6: live and in living color for folks to see. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it. With their free same-day pickup, you can place your order online, grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations, in-store or curbside. If you have a job that can wait until tomorrow, AutoZone offers free next-day delivery on orders over 35 bucks. Just order by 10 p.m. at AutoZone. Free next-day delivery is available on over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox is the phone number. Twitter at How about a Fresca? Mike at Swollen Dome. There's some long shot dark horse picks for NFL MVP as the odds came out earlier today. Coming up next, more on the last dance and Michael Jordan's baseball career. Why did he stop playing and go back to the NBA? Well, that answer is actually very simple. Maybe it's too simple. We got it next, Fox.
3: Oh! Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
1: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the
2: procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness.
1: He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? more confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
4: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City
5: places. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon
6: live from the Geico studios. We have more in the NFL and major league baseball, making their returns, planning to make their returns. Baseball's got a big plan lined up. NFL is looking into their season. However, Dr. Anthony Fauci has some interesting thoughts on that. Uh, Steve DeSager mentioned that a few minutes ago, his interview with uh, Peter King on Monday morning quarterback, but Since we are a day after last dance and and Michael Jordan, the look back at his life uh, that culminated in the third championship for the Bulls, uh, second three-peat they had, one of the big things they focused on last night's episode was Jordan's baseball career. You know, after retiring from the NBA, you know, his father being murdered, which was such an incredible story that I I remember covering it, you know, because I was a production assistant at ESPN when that happened. It was, oh, my goodness, Michael Jordan's dad. And then he goes to play baseball and it's, oh, my God, he's really going to play baseball. And he really went and he made a go at it. But obviously he didn't do it well enough. He only hit two Oh two when he, when he played in, in, double a. And when you're six, six, that's a pretty big strike zone. And uh, unless you're Aaron judge, you know, it's going to be difficult to suddenly go from, Hey, I've been dominating guys in the NBA to hitting a major league curveball. And obviously Jordan had trouble with double a curveballs. but why he stopped playing baseball and then went back to basketball. I think it's, you know, you could, you could make a whole bunch of different uh, scenarios for it. And, 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 You can convince yourself they're true, but I remember Jordan. And if you want to talk about his competitiveness, Jordan wasn't going to become somebody that became all-inclusive and was consumed by succeeding in baseball. He couldn't do it. It's not like he came in, like you came in and he hit like 280, 285. Okay, not bad. And, you know, he had 10 or 11 home runs and, and Jordan hit 200. Right, he had three home runs. He played almost the entire year. It was Jordan came in showing you to have the talent enough to hit 200 in Double A when you haven't played baseball, uh, you know, in a long time. That's a pretty big deal. I mean, that shows you how talented the guy is. But there's a there's many rungs from being able to actually play at a Double A level and then making it to the major leagues. If Jordan had shown that he had power, he had capability, could he be on a Tim Tebow-like path right now or maybe he somehow makes to the majors as long as he doesn't strike out and hit 179 as he keeps moving up the the, the chain? Yeah, he could, but he walked in, he's such a competitor, and you know, we've gone through this, he hits 202, he's never going to master it. Right, he was ne- he was never going to master it. So you knew it was only going to be for a short period of time. Plus the fact Jerry Reinsdorf admitted that he was still paying Jordan's salary while he was gone. He wouldn't give Scottie Pippen another dime. Scottie Pippen has to you know pu- well. push off surgeries because he's not going to get paid another dime. But he still gave Michael Jordan money. And when Jerry Reinsdorf says, "Oh well, you know I felt I had to give it to him because of what all the money he made for all of us," yeah, but still you're not paying a guy you know three million dollars a year back in 1995. You're not paying him that kind of money unless you know he's coming back at some point. So I'm sure this was. $3 million. <laughs> I'm sure,
9: it sounds insane, doesn't it? Right? Not paying $3 million. Sure. That's a I'm prelim gonna, bum salary in yeah.
6: the WWE. I'm just Exactly. Kidding. Like so J.J. Reddick would say, I'm not even answering the phone for $3 million a year. You hang up that phone. <laughs> but so what, you know, looking back at this now with, with a different lens, I, you know, I see this as Jordan was, whatever reason, he left. He wanted to go try baseball, and then he was coming back. Because you, you, you don't keep doing that if you don't think he's going he's to come back. He retires after you win three in a row. How pissed are you? You're pissing everybody else, and you think the organization is better. Organizations win championships. Individuals don't win championships. That's all we got from Reinsdorf and Jerry Krause the entire time. Organizations, organizations, but we're going to still pay Michael Jordan money, even though he's not going to play for us for a while. Yeah, I think they knew he was coming back. I think he said, well, I'm going to go play baseball a year, maybe two. That's it. Then I'm going to come back. Okay, great. We'll see you when you come back.
9: Yeah, burned out, father's murder. I mean, there's so many things going on there, and he just looked tired. Right. So anybody talking about the minimum eight Pete, you know, like they would in a super fans sketch. There's no way that was going. I mean, where he was physically, he might have had deep playoff runs and finals. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, I don't think it's too far a limb to say that that ends faster if he keeps playing. Right. I mean, there's just physically he looked just beat up and then he goes and changes his body plays baseball has some moments uh a- along the way there and you know the harry carry and crosstown classic stuff uh, the footage of that is just funny because harry Carey fanboy boying over michael jordan uh look the reality of that i mean who's who's going to get to the bottom of it it's it's like the gambling stuff it goes into folklore and you're going to believe what you want to believe. Nobody's got the full story on that. Reinsdorf's not laying out any of those other details. Jordan sure as hell isn't going to tell you anything else. The only one you can get to is if you bring her some cookies and sweet teas, maybe you talk to his mom. And maybe she's got a little more info that she's willing to dish at some point, but but beyond that, I mean, it just goes into you know conspiracy theories and more for people to write books and and keep flowing as you go. Uh, I remember when he came back, we had ticket. Well, what should have been the first home game after his return, I I had a family event I had to go to, so I sent a friend with money for tickets that season, and uh, he picked the Warriors instead of that game, which is the one I wanted. Uh, so we could have made a lot of money. Wow. Anyway, Org- your, life fil- your life is filled with stories
6: where I could have made all this money, but I didn't. That's yeah. you have a lot of those it's stories. It's man. I got a lot of those. Uh, I You're got a big misses, money man. story for you. Coming up next. Keep it right here, Fox.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
6: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Uh, so l- let me throw this to you, because we talked about Michael Jordan a few minutes ago, last dance, mm-hmm. and they focused a lot on his baseball career when he retired from Major League Baseball to go, uh, retired from the NBA to go play Major League Baseball. Yeah. So I remembered this, and I, I can't believe I- I- I'd i forgotten about this, was, you-, you know, he didn't have a great year. And when he first... Played there. I mean, it, it sounds insane now. Michael Jordan quitting the NBA to go play minor league baseball. The games weren't put live on television. It wasn't a situation in which it was a coverage of this 24-7. I mean, there's more coverage of Tim Tebow, you know, trying to go play baseball than there right. was of Michael Jordan going to play baseball. And while we didn't, we didn't even have, when I was a production assistant at ESPN when this happened, uh, we didn't even have, like, a professional camera crew down there. Like, they hired somebody to go to the game and, you know, shoot mm-hmm. video of Jordan's at-bats. So we would show highlights of Jordan for a little while. We, you know, and here's Michael Jordan, how he did today, you know, with the Birmingham Barons. Here he is. It's a strikeout. It's a ground out. It's a single. It's here's Jordan's first base hit. And getting the video was something that we had to do. Like ESPN had, OK, good. They shot the footage. Let's bring it in. I mean, it, it, it was treated like, OK, well, we, we kind of have to cover this. It really was pretty weird. crazy, I mean, right? I mean, you would think that if that happened now, if, if LeBron James quit, uh, uh, The NBA to go be the tight end of the Cleveland Browns? I mean, what kind of story would that be? It would be, I mean, there would be no other story. It would be, look at LeBron James. How's he doing? Games are all it. But Michael Jordan, it was just weird. It was obviously we recovered his retirement. It was a really big story because the news breaks for us when, right after he threw the ball out, uh, first pitch out at a White Sox game. And he throws the first pitch out for, at a White Sox game, and then suddenly we get the, the story coming and hey, Jordan's retiring, and that changed everything that night. Like, suddenly it was, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, now this is, and that became a huge deal. But when he first started playing baseball, it wasn't. We didn't nearly cover it like you think we would. And yeah, granted, these are the times you're talking about the mid 1990s compared to 2020. But this is still Michael Bleep and Jordan going to play minor yeah. league baseball. What else are you covering? I mean, it's it's a lot of it is during the dead time when what else is going on? I mean, it's you know it, it's not. It, it, there's it's, you just have you just have major league baseball right. And think about this: in 1995, the internet is is a, is a year or two away from from being invented. It's just baseball. You're not you're not able to get 24-7 news on your favorite football team as they uh, prepare for training camp. What else were you going to do? I mean, there was, we had to scour news feeds during the day for interesting things. Producers would say, oh, great, you're watching the news because news feeds would come in all across the country. And it was since we were ESPN, which is ABC, there was a big um, uh, ABC news feed that came in with all these stories across the country. And sometimes, all right, here comes a story from uh, KFAA in Dallas and it's Mike Madonna at a celebrity softball game. And then here comes a story from Seattle. And it's Dave Craig doing this, sometimes a news story. But sometimes you'd find they'd say scour the news feeds. Anything fun comes over. Well, here, this minor league baseball game, there's this crazy bat spin where the guy falls into the dugout. Oh, let's do it. We'll run it. We'll run Give me, you know, Use 20 seconds of it because, you know, we had to fill programming because it wasn't mm-hmm. always readily available. And so we never really co- went all in on covering. And they went down to interview him and and we would we would get video when it and merited it, but we didn't have anybody there all the time. So It's just, amazing. I mean think right? think about that now. I mean not not covering really covering Michael Jordan going to play baseball. So I think that's one thing Jason in all
9: of this, right? Uh, you know you hear a lot of the sportscasters and radio hosts that were in Chicago and nationally talking about their interactions with those teams particularly the last Bulls run but any of those championship teams right out here in Los Angeles you hear from the longtime scribes talking about you know what was going on in that final series uh, between the Lakers and the Bulls for the first one all the way through I think there's a, a lot to be to be done there in terms of documentaries and series and the way espn didn't make this a priority because you can't tell me there wasn't the budget i mean (laughs) it was a matter of where you where you put your money uh but the fact that that didn't become a priority is pretty fascinating right i mean i remember being there for jets camp when it was tebow and mark sanchez and they erected what is at best the maybe second-largest stage I've ever seen next to a Super Bowl for coverage of early August training camp. You love going this to This was Cortland. the best loved athlete Cortland. in the world.
6: <laughs> yeah, it was it, – it, it really – It. it's it, part of it is the times. Part of it is I think people misunderstood the interest level. I think ESPN misunderstood the interest level in Michael Jordan because wherever you went – after that happened, the average person would say, why is Michael Jordan playing baseball? You know, and so I know when people who aren't big sports fans are asking me questions Mm -hmm. about sports... It's damn well, you know that's the big that's the biggest story in the country, and it's not being given enough enough run. Because when people I didn't know, I said why? Because I was ESPN. Like in my family, I was the ESPN guy, right? all the Jason works sure. at the ESPN. You know you talked to him? Yes, because I'm in on high level meetings all the time with everyone. Yes, fire and that. You're, guy. And
9: you're in with everybody because right. it's such a small company.
6: Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Like us yes. at Fox now. Yeah, it's a mom and pop show, so it's,
9: it's just me. right. There's just like five or six guys. I could walk right down the hallway and say, "Hey, Rupert, here's I
6: got an idea." <laughs> so Pitch they would always every 15 minutes, as <laughs> at our whim. <laughs> Instead of the masked singer, how about the masked dancer? Right? Oh, follow me on this. Follow me on this. So just think about that. That that's how that's how it went, and and now you would never see that happen. Jordan finally hits his first home run. Okay, now this is a big deal. Jordan's for, usually when we're covering Michael Jordan and playing baseball, you have all the stories of the day. And then when you know when sports, and used to be like a half hour long, at like you know, at, and we start at six o'clock. At six twenty-three, would be oh, and uh, here's Michael Jordan today. He went one for four uh, playing second base for the uh, Birmingham Barons while made an error in the field, and, and that would be the, that would be it. So he hits his first home run, right? It's and now it's okay. Wow, Jordan hit his first home run. We only knew this because phone calls came in from other other stations saying that, hey, Jordan's got his first home run. Are you going to have the video? And we were like, Jordan hit his first home run. Oh, we got to get this video. We got to get this. Oh my God! Oh, we didn't have anybody there, and we need to right. get it to turn it around. So there you, so you have people uh, are making phone calls, seeing was anybody there shooting this game? Was anybody there shooting this? And it's kind of a real, quite uh, you know, quick turnaround now because the game was in the afternoon, and we were going on SportsCenter at like six o'clock at night, and we had to get the footage and get it sent over, and we had to edit it and put it together. So we, we were having a tough time finding the video, and I remember that our assignment desk, which is who get, when the phone calls come into ESPN, it goes to the assignment desk, and somebody called in. They were at the game, and they shot the movie with, on home video, and they offered it to us for $10,000. Okay? The guy said, I have the home run. I got it. I'll give you everything. $10,000. So my first reaction, because I was there when they were talking about it, I just happened to be in the in right. the uh, in the newsroom, and I was like, "Oh well, we're going to get the home run." And they st- and then a couple people started going back and forth, decision makers about whether they should pay it. And I'm going, "You're <laughs> really we're not going to pay for Michael Jordan's home run?" I mean, this is when I knew, okay, I should be doing sports living because I'm like 24 years old and I know ten. Th- really, ESPN's not going to cut a ten thousand dollar check for this. Get to this guy to get That's Michael amazing. Jordan's bleeping home run, which is going to air. I mean, oh my god. So in the end, I think what happened, they actually talked him down, and and we got the video from him, and we and we aired it, and it was you know from the stands I think, and he put it on if I'm remembering that part of it right, but I think we talked him down, and it was less money, and then we paid, and we finally paid him to get it. But there was some yeah, I would hope that guy room. got
9: something for his trouble other than I, his video appearing on SportsCenter. I mean, good oh. lord.
6: I mean, but I can't believe there was a debate. Do we pay him for it? Oh, do we pay for it? Really? He's not going to get it? Oh, my God. But that's what wow, it was. That's amazing. It, well, I mean, that's, that, to think about Jordan being covered that way, when, when we've talked before in the past about Jordan being the subject of this documentary, if Jordan played now and everything with his life was the same, and he just played now into the 1990s, he would be covered. He would be LeBron James where every move he made be scrutinized. He would make big news on the court, big news off the court. His gambling would be a front-page story every day. Jordan's gambling. This is a problem. You know, when he's playing golf all day and then showing up to play the Knicks that night and only going 6 out of 19. You know, you have all kinds of things built in. Then retiring and coming back and everything else. That's who Jordan would be, and he would be completely polarizing now, because there would be people that love Michael Jordan and people that hated Michael Jordan, just for whatever reason, because we don't don't like stars as much as we used to. Jordan had unadulterated love from everybody in the 90s. Now LeBron James doesn't matter. People love LeBron, they hate LeBron. You have you have you have haters and lovers built in on both sides. Mm-hmm. That's who Michael Jordan would be. And 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 it would be he would be covered that way. But the fact that that wasn't covered that way just really blows my mind. I mean, we went really in depth on the coverage of his dad dying like, that was something where we, his dad being murdered, that, that's something where we, we, we did that, like, almost every day. Like, that was a daily update on the story, and, and it was, you know, it was really done in depth. And then when it came to his baseball, you know, obviously there's, there are two different stories, but it's still, you know, involving Michael Jordan. We, we kind of just, it was like, yeah, yeah, Jordan, we'll get that video, we'll get it, and that's fine. And really, now, you would <laughs> never even think of it. People would lose their jobs if they thought that way. Yeah, listen, no, we, got right. with, uh, we got a guy with with uh, we got a guy with LeBron's first touchdown. It's because somehow like, you know, like the preseason game wasn't aired. Yeah, we got LeBron's first touchdown. Guy wants us to pay ten thousand dollars for it. I'm telling him to take a hike. We're not going to We'll we'll, we'll, get, we'll get it from somebody else. Maybe somebody else will have it. I mean that that's that, that's what it would be right now. That would be the reaction of people. If that would be that reaction for now. Oh yeah, we don't have any video of uh, LeBron's first touchdown. Ah, uh, now let's not buy, let's not buy it. Let's, Let's leave it going. It's right. Somebody else will have. It. Fox will get it. Ah, we'll get it off of Fox after they after they spend money on it.
9: Well, but that's just it. It becomes the all right. We got this courtesy of them, and like we got we exchanged the courtesies, and you see it now, right, at the end of broadcasts or or a highlight packages or some of the retrospectives like courtesy of this place this place this place this place this place some national some local some the guy next door uh along the way so i mean you you certainly have that you know to your point about how we we treat athletes now i mean look jordan's certainly getting his share of hate from the kobe and lebron lovers of life uh the younger set uh is doesn't want to be spoon-fed the greatness of michael jordan uh, and they're hyper critical of every aspect of this series. and And look, that's the it needs that scrutiny, right? and and we all take it for what it is. I think it's more like the, the popcorn movie that you go to that someone sits down. It's like, I'm going to write the 5,000 word really important (laughs) film (laughs) critic side of this. No, it's a popcorn movie, right? It's different, (laughs) which is why, you know, we're talking about Jerry Stiller tonight, Ben Stiller's movies, Jim Carrey's movies. Keep on going down the line. Uh, Will Ferrell and all of uh, Adam Sandler in particular. You know what? They're, They're not films their movies to sit around and chuckle about they're not they want to do art pieces they've certainly done them but billy okay. madison i don't think was trying to strike some great chord with society other than to make you laugh okay what <laughs> so, was, it? What was, same it? What was the same thing with this jordan retrospective of
6: popcorn in, in uh in Notting hill when uh hugh grant gets to go interview Julia Roberts, and he's got to pretend that he's, uh, you know, there to ask her about the movies. Right, right. And so he he has to interview all the other people in the movie first. And he asks the one guy, so do you identify with your character? The guy says, a serial killer who lives in outer space? (laughs) Do I identify with (laughs) 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 But But that's
9: to my point of this, right? If you were looking for some great truth Come on, man! Yeah. <laughs> it's been twenty plus I years. Well, I know. Yeah, all of a sudden, let's spill it all here on, I just, in a ten-part I... docu series. <laughs> <It's>, no, no, <laughs> it's it's not happening. And we also nowadays we get tired of people pretty fast, right? We're we're. A, like the popcorn that you pop and eat in, in rapid fire, right? You're not even thinking about it as you're watching TV or working on your computer or on your phone or even hanging out with the kids supervising homework. It's gone. That that bag of popcorn is gone fast. Likewise, anything we like in this society, that that's how quick a, a lifespan it has. And then we hate it. Just look at the Warriors. What changed about them? But they became hated in 18 months. Yeah, I'm tired of these guys.
6: <laughs> well, that's the thing now. So, in, in, look, that's where we get in. We get into somebody big time for 18 months and then we're done. Right? It's like they, they make all kinds of headlines, and then we move on. That, that's how we do it now mm-hmm. in, in, in the United States, whether it's an actor, actress. Oh, they're so great, and then and then we're done, and we move on. I mean, it's just how, that's just how it goes now. It's not like where you can come in and say, oh, boy, this person's career, and just, uh, you know, like, oh, here's a new Kevin Costner movie that I have to go see. No, no, no. If Kevin Costner came around now, people would stop going to see him after a couple of movies. Boy, that was a really bad one. I'm not going to go see that. I mean, that's just, that's just yeah, how we a do There's a couple it where he plays like uh, Hitmen and stuff that
9: are really good. And that uh, Paramount series that he's on now is really good.
6: Uh, oh, oh, oh! Uh, he's like the Western Rancher, right? Is that what he is? Like yeah, he's in. I'm, trying to, like, I'm trying
9: to think of what the name of it is. Uh, no,
6: no, I, I see. It's one he plays like a. Um, he's like a patriarch. Yeah, I want right? buy and, that hat. Uh, and, it's Yellowstone. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 the the whole uh, first season is he's pitching a perfect game and he's going through his whole life uh, and while he's Billy right. <laughs> <laughs>
9: It's funny, I was actually talking about that on the Sunday show with Lamar Harrington yesterday. Oh,
6: wow. So, uh, two references in a day for a love of the game. Awesome. How about that? Uh, you know, uh, uh, it's all right, I'll, I'll tell that story. I have so many stories. Uh, coming up next, eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci had some really interesting things to say about the National Football League and its return. I'll tell you what we could be in for. Coming up next, keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Radio.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
1: Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shana's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
4: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.
10: Fox Sports
6: Radio, we're starting off the slide hour, baby hour, a little early, apparently. Welcome inside. Happy Monday. I'm Jason. You're radio left to right alongside Mike Harmon. That's right. My best friend. Joining you now from the Geico studios, and although we are apart these days, we're sharing more, and Geico's sharing more, too, with the Geico Giveback, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for both current and new customers that last your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for info and eligibility. So Dr. Anthony Fauci is going to be front and center tomorrow. We're going to get some big thoughts from him on the country reopening uh, due to COVID-19. And one thing he's going to say is if we open too early, it could be catastrophic. He's has warned in the past that COVID-19 could see a, uh, an uptick in the fall. It could come back and opening too early will undo all of the good things we did and certainly there's so many different things at play when it comes to opening and reopening the country can certain places and parts of the country open yeah can all of them reopen no is there a danger that COVID 19 is going to continue yeah is it something we may have to live with yeah do we have to live with it right now if we can continue to social distance maybe not so the world is going to be watching tomorrow when he gives his comments about what should be next on Capitol Hill for coronavirus. Now, today he also spoke about sports because he has been asked about that many different times. And and Peter King, Monday morning quarterback, asked him about the resumption of play in the National Football League, which right now is set to begin when they normally do, beginning of September. But I've told you in the past couple weeks, Uh, this plan that the NFL has put out there of mid-October to start the season, that's their real plan A. They have not stopped for anything so far. They have not paused uh, for anything for COVID-19. So just the fact they throw it out there that we can start in October if we have to tells me they want to start in October. They want to start with fans. They want to have a regular NFL season, and I think that's what it's going to wind up being. Um, But when... Dr. Fauci was asked about the NFL and how they would return. He gave a really sobering insight into how the NFL would play. He said basically you would have to test all the time. You would have to test players before every game and you would have to players test positive. You have to pull them out. They wouldn't be able to play because the spread of the coronavirus in the NFL. That's the worst sport you could have because if if someone has it and they touch their face to their hands then they put their hands on their jersey. The virus is going to live on their jersey for a few hours then you're touching somebody else the virus lives on their jersey it is the big breeding point for COVID-19 and if you're going to do this, you're going to have to test all the time. You're going to have to be able to pull people out. It's going to be difficult. Now, he did outline ways in which the NFL could do this, but no matter what and how sports come back, whether it's Major League Baseball which made their big uh, push today and how they want to return, uh, you're going to need to test constantly. You're going to need a buttload of tests because you're going to need to test players every few days. You can't just wait until a player you you have to test players every few days so they get a clean bill of health going into a series with another team or going into a game that weekend you're going to have to do that now if you can test that often then that's something that he said all right that could work but just think about this for a sec because this is what i thought of when when um i i saw dr fauci talking tonight about the ramifications of you know testing right before a game this is going to be then every saturday night because they would have to test on saturday or friday for the game on sunday we usually wait for the injury report On Sunday morning when it comes out about 90 minutes before kickoff and you're wondering if a guy is going to be able to play if your team's quarterback can play if he's questionable during the week or, you know, your team's best cover corner or your best team's best slot corner can play. You have defensive end all you're wondering. Hopefully he can play. Hopefully they can play. Think about every week wondering. I hope that our quarterback isn't sick. Doesn't have a cough. I hope that our two wide receivers who have probably been, you know, in wide receiver room with each other all week. I hope, boy, what's going to happen if they get sick? What, are they going to be able to play tomorrow? And suddenly ju- mm-hmm. just the, the potential that they have a cough and a cold or an elevated temperature. Nope, guess what? Can't play tomorrow. Yep. Positive for coronavirus and you're out. And then what can you do? You know, that's how we're gonna be living if the NFL does come back. Every Saturday night we're gonna go, Well, you hope everybody's okay, first of all, and then it's how does this pertain to the team? And suddenly you may show up on Sunday and yeah, guess what? Your quarterback can't play. Why not? Yeah, he test positive. He he's asymptomatic and every but we gotta keep him away from everybody for the next two weeks. He's gotta self quarantine. So now you don't have that player for two weeks. I if, if now to play it out even more, you need probably a, a group of 30 players on, on like a taxi squad that you're going to have to be able to choose. You're going to need like five quarterbacks that are familiar with your system that you can say, okay, a uh, couple of guys got sick. All right, you guys are going to come in. You're going to be with us on Sunday, and you're going to you know, be in the lineup with us. And And you need a lot of players that are familiar with your system because that could happen. All right, quarterbacks, you're in the same room. with You know, the quarterbacks, room. they're in meetings all week together. Yeah. You could have all three quarterbacks get sick. And, and not be able to play. Then what are you going to do? You don't have a quarterback on Sunday. We can, can we play the game? Do we have to forfeit a game because we don't have any quarterbacks? Because they, and our quarterbacks coach is sick too. I mean, that's what could happen. That's where we'll be. That's what we'll be living like if and when the NFL does come back. Every Saturday, it's going to be our play. I hope everybody's okay. And then, but are they going to be sick and not be able to play? And then then they can't play for at least two weeks. I mean, that that's how we'll be living with the NFL if it does come back.
9: Yeah, I would suspect that we get to an agreement, much like we're talking about with baseball, and uh, we'll get back into that as the show develops. Of course, the the proposal going from ownership, but some of those, hey, we need to do things because this is a different year, right? From the number of games to how we're looking at, I mean, certainly the economics gets, that's the, uh, the big battle in the sky there. But everything else about, the universal dh which should be and should have always been in there they don't want to do it i don't want to see it waiting around and wishing and wanting and hoping that a guy like bartolo Colon, of every once in a while is going to hit a home run is not thrilling when the other 97 at bats or strikeouts or weak tappers back to the mound or feeble attempts at a bunt Because even most pitchers can't do that anymore. They don't care. So uh, there's my rant on that. Uh, But the idea is you're, you're trying different things. And for the NFL, maybe this is the expansion of rosters. In addition to your practice squad, maybe the practice squad triples. Maybe the practice squad quadruples. Whatever the case is, a lot of these guys that you always had the idea of fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round just keep drafting quarterbacks, maybe a lot of those quarterbacks suddenly find themselves in camps as camp bodies. And it's a I know it's, it's a hard way to think it might give some guys some opportunity, especially this year. They're not going to get a lot of those workouts in in the normal trajectory, right, of, of offseason workouts and invites to camp. And, you know, all those hard knocks, great stories that we normally see. Those are going to be different this year, but an opportunity to, to get into the league and make plays, you know, different times require different methods. And for this year, I mean, nobody wants to sit on their hands forever, right? Because that's the the alternative to all of this. You know, you may not like the plans. They may not be perfect. And you know what? Nothing is. You've just got to figure out how to make the best of it. Otherwise, you just say, what, we reconvene in 2022 if nothing else has happened? It's a bad way to go about your lives and a bad way to go about business and the American way.
6: Wow. Look at you. Got an American way in there at the end. I was waiting for some patriotic
9: music. Right, we work, we go to work, we do great things, (laughs) we take care of our own, we like our sports, we like having a beer, we like our barbecues, and we like getting back to business as normal. Doesn't mean we go in haphazardly, doesn't mean we don't go in with a comprehensive plan on the testing, and what have you. And it doesn't trivialize any of the illnesses, any of those that have passed, But there is a point where you've got to figure out what is next, and that's where we're at right now. We're at that crossroads. Twitter
6: at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. My name is Mike Harmon, and I'm running for president of the United States. That's right.
9: Straight out of the American president right there.
6: That was just on the other night. What
9: a great movie that is! It was. Oh, that it, is one of my. That's a. That's one that wherever it comes on. That's a Shawshank moment, man. Where you just stop and you watch the rest.
6: Oh, and all those lines that uh, uh, Aaron Sorkin repurposed for West Wing. Oh, I remember that yeah. from West Wing. Okay. I remember that from West Wing. I remember that from West Wing. I remember that from West Wing. Dick Poop uh, coming. That, that was never on West Wing. Come on. How it do you was, know? Because I, I watched every episode. It was on the East Wing. Was not on the East. Wing. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the East Wing. You know what it was on? It was on Darkwing Duck. Oh, that's, that's what it. what it was on. It was on. <laughs> uh, Twitter at How about a fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome. The Jason Smith with Mike Harmon. Coming up in 90 seconds, Major League Baseball has now outlined how they want to return. And if they can return with this plan, oh boy, would we be all in on it.
3: But first... Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
6: Uh, The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. And Major League Baseball today put out their plan to the players to resume a really, and really begin the Major League Baseball season. They have okayed the proposal to start in July. They're waiting for the Players Union to weigh in on this, and this is what the Major League Baseball decision-makers have approved, a plan that would be a spring training that would begin sometime in about a month or so, and they would start playing sometime around the beginning of July. The dates are not uh, – are, are, pushed in for certain yet but this is what this is where they're looking for. Uh, we're going to play beginning of July there would be a full-time designated hitter for both leagues and and props to Brody Van Wagenen who you know needs to say this is why I made that really bad trade for Robinson Cano because <laughs> I knew the DH was coming to the National League at some point. No, good. That's the only thing that makes sense. Uh, and there would be 14 playoff teams overall. So you're adding two wild cards in each league and they would play around 82 games. If that happens, this baseball season would be more legendary than any other one we have seen (laughs) because everybody's going to remember the COVID baseball season. Any sports season that's able to play from beginning to end, we would be in on, oh, my, I remember that. It was 80 games, and it was awesome, and, and there's no rest because, you know, you play 10 games, and if you start out 2-8, and eight, it's, boy, we don't have that much time to make up that 2-8 and eight start. It would be, there'd be no rest. You would see an incredible number of people watching because it would be live sports that we're used to watching on television it wouldn't be that big a deal not seeing fans you're adding teams to the playoffs you're adding the designated hitter everybody would remember this and who knows what ideas would come up that maybe baseball would continue to use the designated hitter in both leagues after this year but this would be that year because think about it you will forever Remember this year, you know, I I say this, Mike, when I think about the people who are missing big things, graduations to COVID-19, right? My daughter's uh, supposed to graduate fifth grade this year, and likely she's not going to be able to go back to school. And it's going to be what we normally see is people driving around with, with signs on the lawn and someone's picture, you know, all the kids graduating Mm -hmm. high school that aren't going to have normal high school graduations. And, and it sucks, you know, there's, there's not much you can do about it. and No proms either, you know, for, for them. But the one thing I can say is that if you can make an event Around it. It will be something that you will always remember and never forget. Because there's certain times, big moments, big birthdays. I've had in my, life. I don't remember that when I was 31. When I was 34, I don't remember that. I don't remember any of that stuff. But if you can create something special around your kid graduating, that is, your, you know, your family driving by, you know, you're putting a sign on the lawn. Maybe you go for a drive somewhere, uh, somewhere that's open. You can, you know, any anything you can do around it is something that will be legendary and your kid and you will never forget. Forget it. Not that you wouldn't you wouldn't forget a graduation, but just think about it. You know, I think back to my high school graduation. How much do I remember of it? It was hot. I sat you know i i you know i don't remember anything that was said i don't remember you know what i did right after but if you have this oh yeah covid it was so different it, It's everything stands out you remember you will never forget it so in, in a time that's really really difficult it just think that if you can make a moment like this special it'll be unforgettable if major league baseball can take this really tough moment and turn into something big it will be unforgettable and we'll always remember this season again we're trying to find you know good positive things to come out of this situation that we're we don't want to have to deal with but we do and i think that's the that's what major league baseball can do here
9: no and that's just it, it it's creating an opportunity it's a, a milestone event we remember the strike years yeah people want to put asterisks on everything forget it this is the way it had to play out and there'll be documentaries done on this and everybody will find, you know, you'll have team by team. They'll do specials on what did you do during quarantine? Well, I here's the footage of me learning how to play this card game with my kids. And you know what? You'll watch. And you'll enjoy it because in the middle of playing the card game, you'll see the eyes, you'll see the eye roll, and you'll see the I really want to get back to work moment, just like a lot of folks are having right now across this great land of ours. So, I I think you know, it's an opportunity. Try different things, they're going to be memorable. You talk about the graduation, friends of mine that are principals, they're trying to figure all that right now, you know, ordering the cardboard stars with the names and getting the big pictures printed out and negotiating deals with the copy shop down the street because it becomes that, all right, this is a little different than our normal program order, so we got to negotiate this a little bit, right? It's not just a, all right, I want that bound nicely. I don't want a three-hole punch. I want it just with the clean binding and maybe, you know, the built-in bookmarks so folks can go, no, none of that. It's a new world order, Uh, but it's going to be memorable because you're always going to say, yeah, I didn't get the standard. But you go from there. The only thing I remember from mine, the governor was there, and I won an award for being the best Spanish speaker.
6: Those oh, mucho gusto! Miguel a lot of Wait a minute, your and governor the was there at your high school my, graduation? My brothers were yelling. Wait a minute, your, at your high school graduation? The governor was there? Yeah, at high school. You went to high school in Chicago. That's like a yeah. big city. What the hell's the governor doing there?
9: It's kind of a big, uh, big deal at that uh, that school. Wow! But look course, look, look up what the, the, the school has become. It wasn't anything. I mean, it was. I, I went to school with a lot of powerful uh, – The mayor's kid, uh, the mayor's niece, mayor uh, Mayor Daly. There, uh, okay. he used to come to his Very daughter's famous basketball mayor. game yes. and sit with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we knew a lot of folks. I, I was not one of the elite, uh, certainly, but went to uh, school with some of them. Wow! And, uh, now You're it's like, like almost- a small college campus in downtown Chicago. You were like
6: almost a Kardashian. Actually, you were like yeah, one yeah. of the Kardashians' friends. Yeah, no, that's right. I, yeah, that's what you know, I You would be I mixed like mixed friends with of the Kardashians. Kind of a big yeah, deal. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're the per- you'd be the ones trying to make money on Instagram off of your relationship with them. I get it. I
9: no, get that's it. right. Right okay. now, folks are trying to lobby me to come back for the uh, the next next reunion, which I, I've never gone to one. Okay, I think it could be fun. Only if I could broadcast the show from it. That's my yeah. Idea. And, and you can wear
6: sh- and you can wear purple shorts to it. You, you don't mean, think you I'd go. wear
9: shorts to Got
12: it? it? <laughs> Gotta no, stay I think in you absolutely baby. would wear
6: shorts to
9: it. 100% I think that would happen. That's right. You got to stay in character. I'll probably wear my uh, rock boots to asses shirt while I'm at it.
6: <laughs> Twitter at how about a fresco. Mike and swollen, Dome. Hey, coming up next, a really fun story from today. Uh, we really thought there was a big NFL trade happening until it turned out to be
3: completely false. We'll go through it next right here, Fox. <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
6: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. And I am not one for fake news, but I would be okay if there was this kind of fake news every day. For a while today... A story was trending on Twitter that a big NFL trade had gone down that the Cleveland Browns had traded Miles Garrett to the Seahawks for K.J. Wright and a second and a seventh rounder. And this got a lot of traction, mm-hmm. Mike Carmen. Because it was tweeted out from one of those fake Sports Center accounts. That sure. uh, again, people see the logo, but don't see that instead of SportsCenter Center with a with a check mark, it's you know jumping knucklehead Billy 01678. So this gets out there. You know, all you need is one person with a with with a blue check mark to go. Oh, look at this, and then it takes off. And so for a couple hours, people thought this happened, and th- there was a guy that actually went on. Uh, Seattle radio this afternoon talking about that trade. I saw that in my timeline. Somebody actually went on, somebody called into a show talking about this trade. (laughs) That was a complete fabrication. It was not a trade. Miles Garrett was not traded. He is still a member of the Cleveland Browns. After a while, people threw water on it. But you know what? Stuff like this is so much fun. I want a story like this every day. True or not, doesn't matter. Maybe that's the whole thing. You just need to get on a Reddit account. uh, Oh, okay. Okay. Everyone
9: loves Nudes Part 2. Whoa, whoa! I don't. Whoa, I don't. Whoa, 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 whoa! Really? Well, that w- that wait, was wait, wait, the wait. Reddit uh, username. Yeah, no, no, I know, but the I uniform.
6: Yeah, no, I, 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 oh, I think that's that a could rabbit be your hole. burner account, buddy. Yeah, ooh, no, I, I think I might wind up getting a lot of crazy stuff and fired uh, in there. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I don't know. People would be. It would be one of those. Look what Jason Smith has in his Reddit timeline. It would be some kind of craziness. Well,
3: don't you don't
9: know know have
6: to kind. own it as your name. I mean, you have a nom de plume. Mm. Everyone loves nudes too. <laughs> Everyone loves nudes too. Harmon. Oh yeah, no, that's what it is. That's what with a picture of you on it. That,
9: then that's what I would use. Well, I mean, if Huge you put a, my picture boner. of my calves on there, I mean, it's mm. it's enough to get people excited.
6: Yeah, no, I I don't. Uh, I, that's that's a little too weird. Reddit is one. Re- Reddit is like is like Alice in Wonderland. You're really you're you're going through the looking glass when you get into Reddit, <laughs> and uh, you know, you, suddenly you're at a dinner table and the Mad adder's having a tea party, and then it turns into the dinner party, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it's okay. I'm 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 out of this now. Reddit. I I don't know that I'm ready. Uh, quite ready. I don't know if I'll ever be ready for Reddit. Just because I think I it's, had
9: um, the remake with Alexandra Daddario on the other day.
6: See, did you? Was it any good? Yeah. Oh, I I know how long it wasn't yeah. bad. Oh. And, well, you oh, love you everything it. with Alexander Daddario. No, no,
9: no, always. no. It's it's really there. There's so much going on. Like it's more the psychological thriller. The the originals, oh. the gore. <laughs> this has its moments, but it's not over the top in that way.
6: Okay, all right. Uh, is it in in a scale of it's one to four piece. chainsaws? How many does it get? Uh, I think it'd be me two and a half to three chainsaws. OK, all right. You know, because if you give me two and a half stars on a movie out of out of four, I'll watch it like two stars. All right. I don't need to watch. But two and a half tells me there's some redeeming stuff in it. So I will watch two and a half stars. There's enough. I, I think they did enough with the story that it that it works. OK, I mean, it's it, it gets the job done. Well, I mean, you know what the story's going to be. Any anything, anything titled Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, there's going to be chainsaws. There's going to be a massacre. I mean, Spoiler that's what it is. It's what are you not going to be itchy and scratchy drinking uh, lemonade on, on uh, the porch. <laughs> well, I, lemonade, <laughs> I made it for you. Twitter at How about a fresca? Mike at Swollen Dome. Coming up next, we remember an absolute legend and uh, talk about a pregnancy that has upended the world of sports. That's next.
3: Fox. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
6: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend, Mike Harmon, oh. live from the Geico Studios. Now, we're going to remember an absolute legend coming up a little bit, Jerry Stiller passing away today at the age of 92, best known for Frank Costanza in Seinfeld, also had a huge run on King of Queens. And maybe it's not to the levels of his fame that we see, if not for the inclusion of Jay Buhner and Hideki Arabu in Seinfeld scripts. But a uh, big story tonight, does play it out, WWE, and it's, it's something that brings us to wrestling and what is next, and could we see Ronda Rousey returning to WWE? Uh, Becky Lynch is pregnant. The man is going to have a kid. Becky Lynch making all the right, announcement right. earlier tonight that she's going to have a uh, baby. Remember she's engaged with to Seth Rollins and there's a lot of uncertainty over what her future holds but one thing once she announced the pregnancy she now uh gives up her belt so what happens in the future is up in the air quote long run as champ man i mean yeah it, this was you know there was a, it was what 375 days something I like think that the right right on top of 400 yeah it's, oh. it's close Unbelievable run for her. I uh, did an interview with People Magazine. Uh, she's pregnant. found out she was pregnant in April, and she's going to have their baby in December. Hasn't yet decided on her in-ring future. Quote, I don't know what the next chapter is because I only know what it's like to think for myself when I'm by myself. So I don't know what it'll look like and how my priorities shift and what I'm going to want in the future. So everything's open. Uh, in Monday's uh, Raw opening segment tonight, Lynch came out with the promise of a big announcement. And uh, before she could say it, Asuka, uh, who won the uh, Money in the Bank match Sunday night, so good. came to the ring. And now, okay, here we go. Uh, Asuka uh, is now potentially, and I would think something like this is set up for Becky Lynch to sit to hand over the mantle to Asuka. Uh, she is so good.
9: Yeah, I mean, for those I would that don't know the character, it's over the top. Yeah. Uh, loud, abrasive, and uh, just theatrical. It's awesome.
6: Yeah, Becky Lynch told her, you go, like she said, like we're doing the show, so I'm trying to figure it out, watch it as a bit as we're going. She said something to the effect of, you're a warrior, I can't fight anymore, you're the champion, you know, go do it, you know, you know go do it. So it's almost like she's, she's trying to say, okay, now Asuka's going to take the mantle from me. I mean, Becky Lynch is so incredibly famous and incredibly popular. She's been with, with WWE now for like seven years, and it's really... Uh, surprising that she was able to outlast everybody else, including Ronda Rousey, when she came to the WWE. But Becky Lynch is just that popular, and it, it's insane. And this, for the WWE now, this is going to be something that they have to get past. You know, Okay, we now have a female wrestler who is one of our top three most popular personalities, and now we have to figure out a way around her. And I know that the first instinct is going to be, well, now they get Ronda Rousey back. Uh, I think that door is closed. I don't know I, that they I mean, need her. They don't uh, well, need the push. The women's women's uh, arena has matured. It has, but still it's Ronda Rousey who it would – in theory be a big jump back the fans. she's had some time away from the wwe and and maybe they could after her time away they could bring her back in a better way because i think wwe they didn't really know how to do it with ronda rousey they didn't know what was going to make her persona the best and she's not the best on the microphone she was never the best when she was on uh when she was a MMA fighter uh certain things she would look great her personality but Being able to vamp and being that larger than life, it didn't work. And so her popularity was kind of here and there. She needed to be a character like The Undertaker. You know, someone who didn't talk a lot, came out, kicked ass, and that was how they would get her in and then get her more comfortable uh, with moments. And I, I think if they could do it over again, they would have presented her character a little bit differently. Uh, and now, that OK, well, now there's no Becky Lynch. Ronda Rousey can come back. Ronda Rousey insulted the fans. She mm-hmm. did an interview, you know, a month ago. It said the fans were ungrateful to her. It's like, oh, my goodness, you need to stay off Twitter. You need to, you need to not read what people say about you. I mean, this is yeah. Fans are ungrateful to you why? Because they booed you because you weren't as popular as Becky. Well, but that's you no know way. No, that's be be a bad, great be bit as a heel if you're still in character.
9: But this is Ronda Rousey just being mad, right? If it's I'm playing my heel character, you know, fans you are a bunch of ingrates. Look what I've done for you. I came over and I set the world on fire. I mean, but again, it goes back to Mike skills.
6: Yeah, that's true. That's true. It does. It does. It's 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 look at all the big wrestlers who have been able to cut through for long periods of time. You got to be able to talk on the mic. Some people wouldn't even have great um, in ring uh, you know uh, uh, skills turned out to be larger than life because they talk great like like what did what did the macho man have you know macho man he was crazy but he would talk and it would be oh my god listen to this guy talk and Elizabeth would come out and he would say You're working. and you and now snap into it and it was you know my it, it was you couldn't do anything else rowdy Roddy piper wore a kilt but he was insane on the microphone and then you get later on and you get the rock and, and you get and you get Seth Rollins you get John Cena you get you get so many people that can that can amp that up and realize that okay this is th- this is part of the theater you know part of it. you got to sell both you got to sell both ways of it that's the appeal of WWE you get to do things physically you get to do things mentally you get to act physically you get to act mentally it's, it's like shooting a big blockbuster film you know t- twice a month you know for, for for the entire year and if you if you and that's what Ronda Rousey struggled at I don't think this is a way to to insult the family I mean, you don't say fans are ungrateful if you're thinking about coming back because you would worry about what your popularity is going to be I I don't know that that door is open anymore. Uh, she said, I'd never go back and, and wrestle full-time, would only be part-time. So th- this is more, I think, Ronda Rousey talking about her future than just, okay, this is how I could potentially, I mean, potentially outline a comeback, you know, into, into wrestling. I, I don't think that's going to happen.
9: Yeah, I mean, you just have enough other characters in the women's division that have been built out, and a couple of them fill the role of, I don't talk a lot, and I just go out and kick ass. Yeah, you know, You've already got a, a few of those in the mix. If you watched uh, how the Money in the Bank pay-per-view wore out. Two programming notes, though. We talk a lot about the last dance. I'm going to start doing 15-minute recaps of Undertaker Last Ride. Mm-hmm. Episode 1 premiered last night. Going to give that a rewatch. Uh, and tomorrow on FS1, Smith, you'll yep. be able to enjoy WrestleMania 3.
6: Oh, the, the whole world is coming to see. They did a
9: promo, if you go to FS1 or WWE on Fox on Twitter, uh, and I retweeted it over the weekend. They did Jimmy Hart and Hulk Hogan doing a promo for it. Oh, it is gold. Oh, nice. no! It's absolute gold. <laughs> and it's it's one they did recently after this was outlined. Uh, I was going back and forth with our buddy Jacob Ullman about it, how geeked up we are to have yeah. that part of the programming. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I'm nerding out on my WWE. Don't get, don't that's get when, me, uh, get me that's wrong. That's
6: when Hulk Hogan body slammed Andre the Giant, That right? is
9: right. Andre
6: the Giant had to jump into his arms so we could body slam him. Well, you know what
9: the, the funny <laughs> trivia, though, is – is that he'd actually done that in a house match uh, a while before that. (laughs) But here it was on the big stage at the Pontiac Silverdome. You have Jake the Snake Roberts had Alice Cooper with him. Aretha Franklin sang. Bob Euchre was there for the main event. I mean, there's so many stars that are part of it. Uh, I can't wait. Mm. Mary Hart participated in a six-man tag match. The mouth of the south. The
6: mouth of the south is how they would call them. The mouth <laughs> of the south. <laughs> Twitter. And how about a fresca? Mike at swollen dome. The Jason Smith show with Mike Carmen live from the Geico Studios. Uh, so while WWE is 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 dealing with that, and it's it's a big deal for Becky Lynch. I I can't see ronda rousey coming back um one of the other big stories today obviously you know you probably woke up and saw the the news uh jerry stiller uh passed away at the age of 92 ben stiller's dad who was a incredibly famous comedian in the in the 70s and the 60s a part of the stiller and mira uh comedy team but of course he rocketed to incredible fame as frank costanza in seinfeld and you know, obviously, you you know today all the memes going around, and I went and rewatched the outtakes uh, with Jerry Stiller trying to film that scene with Julie Louise Dreyfus when he keeps saying, "You want a piece of me?" And oh, when clapping. George was the
9: uh, the doing the bootleg films, yeah, when he got arrested, yeah, gets arrested. George got
6: arrested, yeah. I mean that was I mean that was just so insanely funny, and and more so than anything that was funny in in Seinfeld. I mean that's those are outtakes, and they're hysterical. Uh, you know the thing about. Jerry Stiller, is that he had the, I can't say unique because there's a couple other guys like that, but not many people have the ability to just be on screen and to make people want to laugh. You know, just like entering a room or just being in a scene where I, I'm ready to laugh at anything they say because they are just that funny. Like I, I told you that um, Tony Shalhoub is like that on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Every mm-hmm. time he's on screen, I want he makes me want to laugh because he's just so incredibly funny. Kevin Hart can walk on screen and just say hi, and I would want to bust out laughing because <laughs> the guy's that funny. And Jerry Stiller is like that. Even when he would deliver lines on Seinfeld that weren't that funny, just the way he did it because he would pretend to be mad or he would he would just want to growl it a little bit i mean it was like unexpected and it just made you laugh and he, like i said it didn't even have to be a big punchline; it could just be the way he delivered it and he made me want to laugh all the time and that that he was the first guy i remember when i see him go, oh my god everything he does is hysterical everything he does is so incredibly funny I, I can't get over it and there's been a handful of people you know before or since uh that can do that and he clearly is at the top of that list
9: well, you look at that 14 years on television, right? Because Seinfeld was barely off the air and he went right back to work in King of Queens. Mm-hmm. Is a little bit of a muted. In, in the version, same room. Arthur Spooner. <laughs> right? I mean, there, there's so many big one liners and scenes that he stole there, too. I mean, credit to both Kevin James and for Jerry Seinfeld recognizing comedy royalty, right? He and his wife. Uh, it had been the comedy duo And albums and all that stuff Back in the day and that was what Seinfeld actually posted on his social media Today was just a picture of him With a sad face and the comedy album In his hand mm. uh, Of their partnership all those years ago But both of those guys stepping aside Recognizing they had genius on set and writing, you know, Seinfeld and Larry David, and then Kevin James and his team, to just make sure, you know, what it doesn't have to be about me. My name's on the show. I'm the guy that has to run it, but I, I I'm gifted, you know, this guy as part of my my cast. So let's let him shine. And there's so many moments for me where the secondary characters, especially on Seinfeld, were just so powerful mm-hmm. that you remember all of them which is why they brought him back for the finale, whether you liked it or not. There they were, because every one of them and their appearance made you smile and think of an episode or five or ten or however many they were in. And for Jerry Stiller, I mean, there were just so many huge moments on Seinfeld
6: that have become part of our everyday lives. Well, look, it, it, and it's, it's crazy in that a show that was one of the most – beloved sitcoms of all time, that uh, on Mount Rushmore, Seinfeld's on that list in the history of television, that the most famous line or, you know, one of the two most famous lines had to do with a couple of baseball players that that the average person didn't hear of. Sure. as, As popular as Frank Costanza was, his popularity hit a new level after this scene in which George gets arrested and... You have Jerry Stiller talking to George Steinbrenner, who because remember George worked for the Yankees, talking to George Steinbrenner. I'm um, oh no, sorry, after after George supposedly died. That's uh, right. George, <laughs> had, the, the car had been left. He'd yeah. been uh, sleeping in his yeah.
9: office. Uh, they couldn't find him. They thought he was dead. Jerry, this uh, yeah. is Frank
6: Costanza. George is dead. Call me back.
3: <laughs> exactly.
6: <laughs> so that he gets on the phone with George Steinbrenner to figure out about George and George, you know, uh, to figure out about uh, 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 George dying. And this is the conversation that spawned a line that is being run still, you know, almost twenty-five years later.
4: What the hell did you trade J.P. in for? <laughs> you had thirty home runs and over one hundred RBIs last year. <laughs> He's got a rocket for an arm. You don't know what the hell you're doing.
10: (laughs) Well,
6: he was a good prospect, no question about it. But my baseball people love Ken Phelps' bat. They kept saying, Ken Phelps,
0: Ken Phelps. leave a
5: message. Jerry, it's Frankenstein. Mr. Steinbrenner's here. George is dead. Call me back.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Steinbrenner's
6: here, George is dead. Uh, I mean, that that line, I mean, the average person doesn't know Jay Buhner, but that. No. But for somehow that moment picked up on his character, how could you trade Jay Buhner? And that, that's a rocket for an arm. Every, everybody everybody runs that line all the time, and that put Frank Costanza into the pantheon of, boy, he was really talented now. It's like he's the funniest guy on Seinfeld.
9: Well, he also had the Nike ads uh, where he played uh, Vince yeah. Lombardi. That are making the rounds uh, oh yeah yeah well. with cordell
6: stewart in the commercial yeah
9: yeah, yeah cordell stewart retweeted it that's how I, I first saw that it was making the rounds again because i remembered it i started listing all these things that i remember them from and that was on there it was it was low and i hadn't even gotten into the youtube deep dive and well there it was from cordell stewart hi cordell uh done a couple of shows with cordell in, in my sports and merry-go-round here uh but think about the other quotes right i mean serenity now Mm-hmm. And also in that episode, since it is a slide over baby hour, hoochie mama. Yeah, mean you know you <laughs> got all those good things.
6: And then to bring it, and you know I liked to bring it full circle in the final episode. You know another, you know when everybody when they're on trial and George Steinbrenner right. is testifying and Jerry Stillers in the audience again and he wants to get back at George Steinbrenner for another bad move the Yankees made. Let's see. I'm
12: it. going to give twelve million dollars to Hideki Irabu. Honor. <laughs>
6: How could you give 12 billion dollars to Hideki Arabu? I mean, this is the these and and this is the genius of Larry David in that I'm going to turn these People that nobody even knows who they are. I'm going to make them into legendary comedy lines, which is, look, he just had an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm a couple months ago in which the Jets killed a guy. You know, yeah. it all came down to the scene about Austin Safarian Jenkins not maintaining control <laughs> of a touchdown two years ago against the Patriots, which I remember, but nobody else remembers that. And they turned it into some kind of crazy ass moment and it goes viral and it's all over the place. It's like nobody knows who this is or anything about this, but here it becomes something hysterical and it was, you know, you saw it, you know, 20 some odd years ago with. Jay Buhner, Ken Phelps, and Hideki Arabu. I, and that made Frank Costanza into an absolute legend. So good. Mm. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Uh, believe it or not, he, Jerry Siller actually had a moment that rivals both of those moments from King of Queens. We're going to get to that coming up in a few minutes. But the NFL MVP odds have just come out. We'll talk about the favorites, who the real favorite should be, and Mike and I each have a dark horse candidate for you if you want to play the long odds. That's coming up next. Keep it right here, Fox Sports Radio.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
6: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, WrestleMania three, What the whole world is coming to so see. So cool. Uh... The odds came out today for MVP in the National Football League. Patrick Mahomes is the consensus favorite to win the NFL MVP award. Caesars putting this out earlier today. Mahomes 4-1 to one in what would be his second regular season MVP in the past three years. Lamar Jackson, who won the MVP last year, is the second favorite. Now, before we get to players who, who I would say would be the betting favorites and a couple of long shots, it's going to be virtually impossible for Mahomes and Lamar Jackson to win the NFL MVP again. It's going to be it's, even more so maybe for Lamar Jackson, but you're just seeing these guys coming off of seasons in which Mahomes, who's already won an MVP for an incredible regular season, coming off winning the Super Bowl, is he really going to be able to win it again? After, I mean, is he going to have that much better a season that's going to push him past everybody? Same thing for Lamar Jackson. Is Lamar Jackson going to have a better season than he had last year when he had 36 touchdowns and he ran for 1,000 yards? I mean, he, he would have to do better than that. And look, at and the, and the Ravens, what they did in the regular season, winning home field, all of those things. Uh, I don't see how either of them is going to be able to take that next step because all they can do is just be – a little bit less than last year, and I don't know that that's going to be enough to win the MVP. So even though these guys are betting favorites, they'll have big seasons. you got to do something different, something a little bit more, and I just don't know if that's humanly possible for Lamar Jackson, especially in the regular season and Patrick Mahomes considering, hey, it was all the way in through to the Super Bowl.
9: Yeah, I mean, you basically take care of your business and hope you're one of the only 13-3 teams. I mean, just go back and, and do your work. Uh, you, you don't have to throw 50 touchdown passes. You're going to be in the conversation. But as we know, they don't like to do back-to-backs unless it's the coronation process. And with either of those quarterbacks, it could very well be, right, the, the attempt to, to make them next. As we see Phillip Rivers in a Colts uniform, Tom Brady in a Buccaneers uniform, and Aaron Rodgers, you know, has that scrolling no whammy, no whammy, no whammy pressure luck thing (laughs) going after maybe Uh two seasons from now, right? You got two more with the Packers, and then who knows? And even after this year. You might be able to find a partner, cost prohibitive. We've gone through the contracts, whatever. But the point being that, you know, you you can have a a pretty good year uh, and do your thing, and it's a lot of it is it's out of your control, right, the sentiment uh, of the the voters. Just go and and win. Just win anymore. That's all it is. Go back to the
6: old Al Davis. Now, you, you need certain things to win MVP. You need one of two things. You have to start incredible and just, you know, it's like winning the Heisman Trophy. If you have an amazing start in your first two or three weeks, you're at 12 touchdowns and one pick, and your team is three and and0 Well, guess what? You're likely going to just motor your way to the MVP. Or you have a big storyline which we follow over the course of a season, and that's something that pushes everything else to the side. And that's what Lamar Jackson did last year. Oh, he came up, we, you know, he had a great debut, and then all right, he's having a really good season. Boy, we didn't think Lamar Jackson could be this good, and then suddenly you get to week the midway point of the season, and he throws three touchdowns a week the back half of the season He I mean, throws there was 24 touchdowns in the final seven weeks all while rushing for a thousand yards which is what we've not seen a quarterback do the last time we saw a guy like this was michael vick you saw all the attention the storyline of lamar jackson look at how he's running is he really this good every week it was about lamar jackson so you need the storyline if you're going to be the mvp so I and but you you also have to come through the production is a big deal and like I said it's going to be hard for Lamar Jackson to Get past what he got past last year. Same thing for Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be hard for me to see Aaron Rodgers suddenly having a better year, throwing for thirty-six touchdowns because the Packers didn't get better and they're pushing him out the sure. door. And Twenty-five which, to one odds, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's decent odds for Aaron Rodgers, but I, I can't see him suddenly. Oh, I've hit the fountain of youth and I'm motivated and angry. No, they want to push you out, and they didn't. You can be as angry as you want to. They didn't really add any any weapons for you to help you out in the passing game, so that's going to that's going to be difficult. And the same thing for uh, Drew Brees, you know, at 20 to one, it's his last year. So I get that he could have a bit of the sympathy vote, but is is he again, is he going to throw for 37 touchdowns or is he going to throw, you know, 18 touchdowns to Michael Thomas and throw, you know, 27 for the season? So it's going to be hard for me to see those guys getting, getting the votes because they don't have, they're not going to have the production and they're not going to have the storyline. Two guys I like Mm -hmm. that I think could get there. One is Tom Brady because it's built in. All right. Sure. Brady's 16 to one. The interest level in him is through the roof. If he has a start like Peyton Manning did in Denver, where suddenly look at all these weapons and we're underestimating just how dangerous he's, he's going to be with a team that can really do things, can catch the football and, and wide receivers he can trust. Well, Brady can motor to the MVP. Look at this. Look what Brady's doing. The Bucks are going to the playoffs and they don't need to be 13 and three or 14 and two. They could just be an 11 and five team going to the playoffs. And Brady could throw 32, 34 touchdowns and hey, all right, hey, Brady's. Going to be the MVP. One of the other guys I think could do it is Kyler Murray because we're so desirous of this new, uh, you know, the, the new quarterback, the new dual threat quarterback, we want to see as many of them succeed as possible because they're fun. Because it's not just dropping back in the pocket and throwing. It's being able to make plays with your feet. It's being able to improvise. It's being smart with the football when you're running with it. It's also being able to make big throws. It's all, it's, it's seeing this full threat quarterback out there that's going to become the norm in the NFL. We can't wait for that. We can't wait to see more of these guys. And, and here comes Kyler Murray, who could would be doing that in his second year. He had a pretty good rookie year, and now he's got DeAndre Hopkins and the interest level in him coming out, former number 1 overall pick. If the Arizona Cardinals can make a little bit of noise in the NFC West, the, you know, the Rams could take a, a bit of a downtick this year. Maybe the Niners aren't quite as good in the Seahawks if they're the same. But, hey – Cardinals can win a couple of games like this and uh, win a few games and stay in it. And they're up there and they win the NFC West and Kyler Murray's playing great. Oh, man, Kyler Murray could get the MVP. Oh, if they come out on top in that division, if they're able
9: to roll that up, when you look at DeAndre Hopkins and Kenyon Drake there on a one-year deal, I mean, yeah, if you can pull that off, uh, leaping past the Rams, who we know it's an interesting year for them. Right? I could see everything breaking right, and suddenly they're a 12-win team off their contracts of their nine guys. I don't bet on that. I would bet the under on their 8.5, but Seattle's always tough. Uh, and then you have San Francisco. I mean, if, if they're able to make that huge leap, sure, yeah, you've got your next superstar and a guy that can most definitely win it. Uh, I, I look at the, the odds, and I get excitable uh, of some of these longer shots uh, as you go. you got you got Kyler Murray, I guess, in that range. I'd look at Garoppolo, Um Just wondering how much more love he gets. 27 touchdowns. Yeah, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy. Nearly 4,000 passing yards, right? We talked about the defense and the running game. He stole nearly pass for 4,000 yards. And most of that receiving core, nobody cares about except for George Kittle. Right, young guys that are still on the come, uh, for the most part. So uh, obviously they lose Emmanuel Sanders in the process, but uh, I, I think he's a guy that potentially, if they go back and, and run up as they did a year ago, maybe he gets a second look.
0: Uh, he would
6: have to th- he would have to be a guy that throws for over thirty touchdowns, less picks, and like forty five hundred yards. Yeah, the picks have to go down for sure. You know, but... and, and it also would be the defense not getting the, the credit and Kyle Shanahan deciding I'm going to be Adam Gase where I'm going to ignore my running backs because I want to get more credit for being a great head coach. And if we're not throwing the football and scoring touchdowns that way, I'm not getting credit to be a great head coach. Anybody can give the football to a running back. I'm going to be smarter than everybody else and ignore the best running backs in the game. You if say that like that... You would, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Kyle Shanahan's a little bit better coach than that. I, right, I like that. Well, we, we've either.
9: seen crazier things, I guess, <laughs> is the point. By the way, if Jimmy Garoppolo makes one throw, right, it comes Jim down man. to one overthrow, then the narrative on him coming into the season is much different, too.
0: Yeah. And it, he's it's,
9: smoking white hot and everything goes.
6: Oh, not No, no dude, you were going to drop a Jay Cutler reference in there, weren't you? you smoking. Weren't oh, I'm wearing my uh, jersey you gonna right You going to do now.
9: it. Nice. I am. my, You know, Jay Cutler in the middle of divorce proceedings. I've heard some rumblings of some things behind the scenes. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't have uh, that's third hand information. Oh, uh, boy. But <laughs> when it gets down to it, uh, the why don't you get a job after the guy got his ass beat up and down the field for years and just said, you know what? I like hanging out with the kids and uh, I like my
6: butcher work. Leave me alone. Here's Mike Harmon on TMZ about his feelings on the Cavallari-Cutler divorce coming your way. Well, Uh, I tell you that Jake Cutler is perhaps the best quarterback we ever had, my friend. (laughs) Coming up in 90 seconds, I'll tell you who my favorite would be, and then Mike and I are going to give you big dark horse candidates. These guys, if things break right and you like (laughs) the long odds,
3: but first. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
6: We're live from the Geico Studios, Jason Smith, Mike Harmon. As we break down the NFL odds for MVP, I'm going to give you who my – absolute favorite should be and then I'll give you a guy who is a real long shot but maybe if things fall right and it makes sense talking about the guy we're going to talk about to mention how grateful thankful we are to be uh, brand new on in Dallas on Sports Radio 96.7 FM 1310 AM the ticket in Dallas uh, one of the biggest sports stations in the country our NFL City takeover continues uh, thanks to our affiliate director Kurt Kretschmar program director at the ticket Jeff Catlin, uh, 96.7 FM, 1310 AM, the ticket. We knew it was coming. We talked about it a little bit last week. And uh, don't worry, my Jerry Jones impression will come out in full over the course of the coming <laughs> days and weeks because, uh, you know, we just kind of have to do it that way. Jerry Fox, uh, But if I was looking at my favorite for MVP, my betting favorite for NFL MVP, it would be Dak Prescott because the interest level in Dak is, is at an all-time high. With the contract situation, playing for the Dallas Cowboys, that's all built in. Now you have a season in which the Cowboys should take a stranglehold of the NFC East. I, I may be a year early in picking them to go to the NFC Championship game, which I had them last year. I think they win the NFC East, and they go. They win 12 games this year because the NFC East is not that good in Dallas. This is their time. This is their year to do it. And if they do it, Dak Prescott will have a big enough year. We will follow him. It will be, let's anoint Dak Prescott as one of the next big superstars in the National Football League. We know he can put up big numbers. He just has to do it against teams that are good in addition to teams that stink because that's what he did last year. But it's, <laughs> it's all there for Dak Prescott because the interest level in him and his career is – okay, wow, now Dak, we can anoint him another star. See, you know, same thing as the interest level in, in Kyler Murray. We, everybody likes to make new stars. Leagues love to make, here's a new superstar for you to follow. And last year, we made Lamar Jackson a superstar. Before that, it was Patrick Mahomes. Every year, we want to we continue to anoint and create new superstars. And as big as these guys are, look, Dak Prescott's a big name, and Kyler Murray's a big name. But still, you win the MVP. Suddenly, you hit that rarefied air. Dak Prescott's the guy. I'd make him my favorite.
9: Oh, I like that. I, I think there's a lot of things that could work his way. I mean, we talk about the receiving core. You know, uh, my, my man crush on Blake Jarwin. I think he's a guy that people will sleep on uh, until they until they don't. Because uh, Jason Witten is no longer there to muck up the middle of the field. Uh, mm-hmm. We celebrate him, but he moves on. Uh, you got Wentz sitting at 16-1 to 1 if he can stay healthy, and that's the huge if. Uh, fade Deshaun Watson. Uh, Just too many things working against him here. And if he were able to win it, uh, it would be the greatest effort ever off a team uh, starting one in six before their bye week. So (laughs) when we get down to it, uh, you know, I brought up Rodgers a little bit before Uh, we brought look at Garoppolo of the favorites. You know, I, it's chalk. It's Russell Wilson at 8-8 eight, eight or 9-1, to one, depending on where you're looking. And that's one of the big things with these odds. Uh, keep shopping if you don't like what you see the first time.
6: <laughs> uh, so now a couple of guys that it could work out for them long-term. And these are these are dark horse odds. These, these are guys that if, hey, if things really work out right, if you're looking for – you really want to say, hey, well, where's some value here? He signed his rookie contract today. He's got the number one selling jersey in the National Football League, Tua Tungavailoa. If he starts out this season as the starting quarterback, he's going to have everything he needs. He's got the relevancy. Already you can see he's the biggest rookie out of the rookie class because your jersey's not – Joe Burrow's jersey's not number one. is and his – and the Dolphins' alternate jersey is the number two-selling jersey right. in, in the country. So that's – you know, that shows you how big a deal Tua is. So you got the storyline coming in. His first game – Is against the Patriots. The interest level, the Patriots' first game without Brady. Tua has a big game there. There's no other storyline in the NFL that week. Look at Tua in his debut. He's going to get to throw the football a ton. They're not going to just run the football. He is that talented, he is that good. It's a weak division in the AFC East, and could I see the Dolphins, because they got a lot better in the offseason. They brought in some some really good players defensively. You know, a lot of players from New England have come That's in That's right. <laughs> could I see this happening? I could see it. He's 200-1. to one If he throws 30 touchdowns, because they're not going to run the football, and two is great, I could see Tua winning the MVP. If you're looking for big dark horse value, 200-1, to one, I like Tua. Buddy, if you and I, uh, as soon as Vegas
9: is open, we go Thelma and Louise. We are driving, Oof, man. We are rolling. All right, we can go Hangover, L.A. to Vegas. Uh, the point being that I'm also on the long shot. I'm looking at Drew Locke with a reconstituted. Oh, look at you, Drew block. Locke. You bring in a couple of rookies, led by Judy. Uh, you already have uh, some some quality receiving options. At your disposal, when you look at Sutton and you look at Noah Fant, uh, good two-headed monster in the backfield uh, with Lindsey and with Melvin Gordon coming on board. Yeah, this could work. This could work. Drew Locke, I'm a believer. Uh, I'm investing at 100 to one. I will actually lay that down at some point as my <laughs> here's my long shot thing. I might frame it on the wall right underneath you... my Section 102 uh, <laughs> Northwestern Wildcats Welsh Ryan Arena sign. And TJ Mike
6: Harmon giving you his MVP lock. For twenty
3: twenty
5: yeah,
4: <laughs> Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.